fucking podcast. I'm the podcast you married. The only time you liked yourself was when you were trying to be someone this podcast might like. I'm not a quitter. I'm that podcast. I killed for you. Who else can say that? You think you'd be happy with a nice Midwestern podcast? No way, baby. I'm it. That's what I thought you were going to do. Thank you. Damn. I couldn't do all of Cool Girl, despite no, the fact that, that it will disappoint no. some people. Uh, you doing Cool Cool Girl would I would have actually quit the podcast. You would have I quit. Would, yep, would have been a, not not because it's too long. Hey, because the idea of you saying some of that it would be would be a little tough. You married this podcast. You, you can't quit. I quit. I would quit. You can't I, quit. In that moment, I know. I'm like, no, no, no. I quit. I quit. I'll go to jail. It's fine. Jail. Jail for me. You're not in Missouri. This is so the podcast you fell in love with, David. <laughs> You can't get out of it now. No, Missouri does have the death penalty. No, I said you're not in yes. Missouri. Yes. Oh, yeah. But New York also has the death penalty. Yeah. FYI. <laughs> this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. Baby. Mm-hmm. This is a mini series on the films of David Fincher. It is called The Curious Pod of Benjamin Buttcast. We're only going to get to say that one more time. Oh, that's so sad. Second to last one we're recording. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. It, listeners will hear it multiple more times. But we're, yeah. yeah, we've only got the killer left to do after this. Yeah, but also, by the way, there's only one film chronologically for listeners in between this and the all killer. Right, all right, all right. It's just, it's kind of, it remains wild that he goes cold for so long after this movie. He, he made a TV show. We've talked about it so many times, but it's just very indicative of what changed in the industry over the last nine years. He had to mank. He had to mank it up, but it took six years to get to mank after this. It did. Yeah, it took him six years. Yeah, it's well to me. I don't know, we're I, talking about Gone Girl today. Mm -hmm. A movie that fucking slaps and rocks and rules and fucks. Mm -hmm. Right? A, a wonderful film. I introduced our guest. But also, I think, that was, can I say it? You're going to say big titty hit? It was a big titty hit. <laughs> it was a big dick hit. It was a floppy dick hit. It was hit. a floppy dick hit. Right? It was a big, Here we go. flaccid, shower salami hit. I know, I know why I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, Please. but We're I did. Got to talk about this the dick. inevitable. Well, yes. that we were going to talk about the dick first. Well, I just like, I, no. I, I messaged Let's David. Okay. Let's set just, it up like, now. We can like, bring it back later. I feel like you said you'd never. I never really it like clocked the enormity. Of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before, when I was watching it this time, I was really like I've seen this movie. Yeah. Countless times, especially the back Me half, too. because it's like on TV a lot, sure. and I'll put it on and just be like, I'm gonna watch the end of this movie. You still have TV? Oh yeah, I love having TV. It's the best. Mm. Um, I've been thinking about getting back into TV. No, you gotta have you gotta have channels? cable. I mean, like we have all of like basic cable, all the sports channels, and sure. HBO and Showtime. Yeah, not stars, not stars. Rude. Cinemax. No. Wow. The movie channels, I I, I miss Epics? having. The movie channels are kind of fun to have, but that's how I've watched the end of Gone Girl so it many times. It locks you into yeah. watching movies that you've seen, and yeah, but I like that. Yeah, well, yeah get, I, I get like cable. It. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I was just saying that like this time I just really honed in on the dick because I knew we were yes. going to talk about it. So it was just like, was like Look, that's a, that's I, a chunky boy. I gasped at the world premiere of this film when I saw the dick. I've been with it <laughs> since day one. I was yeah. with the, among the first people to see it and I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, I was right there with it. And as I was walking out, I was like, 
you know, a little glimpse of, and the people were like, really? Like I, I, immediately I had the experience of some people not really clocking. Yeah, people didn't clock it. No, and, and I saw this film at least twice in theaters and I feel like my, my, my opinion on the dick changed depending on where I was sitting in the theater too. You know, it is kind of like, and some people were like, I didn't see it at all. And it's like, it might have been a mat problem, you know, with the projection at your theater. Like, it is the kind of thing you can kind of miss. Like, the the for a man who is so com uh, compositionally specific, he does right. not construct that frame to draw your attention to the dick. No, you no, must dick need to know. It's like a fun little surprise. I'm looking for the dick, and it's only right. at the it's one getting angle. getting embarrassing. Okay. No, carry on, carry on. No, let's move off the subject. A thing that's under discussed is that you also see Neil Patrick Harris's dick. No, that's, that I was like the that reason I that's under discussed is you see it immediately and it's covered in blood. Yeah, yeah. So Wait, and, I missed it. Yeah, it's oh, brief. Yeah. It's got a bloody dick. But I mean, again, huh. it's not. Both of these are incidental viewings of of nudity. It's not like the movies like zoom in no. like and playing like a guitar which maybe it should I mean that kind of sounds fun well when you see Neil Patrick Harris's dick you are in the middle of going like Jesus Christ and the music yeah. is going like you know and you're like oh my god like you're not really like Ooh. The, the reason why it always jumps out to me when I watch it is it's the kind Neil of thing dick? yes okay. <laughs> this is what our podcast is this is the I podcast know, you marry it's just right at the start and Marie just texted us <laughs> about the button episode having a lot of dick talk, which I didn't even remember. And I'm like, what's, what are we doing? Go on, go on. Sorry, go on. Dicks in the button episode? Apparently. You're not checking your texts? Yeah, I was. Look, the thing about the Neil Patrick Harris dick, and this is the point, this is to your point of it being kind of incidental nudity. Every time I watch the movie and she's about to dismount him, I'm like conditioned by watching so many other movies that don't do this where I'm sure. like, how are they going to frame this so you don't yeah, see they'll, his dick? They'll sneak yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No. Right? Sure. Like, there. Right. There's somehow suddenly his underwear is back up or whatever it is. Right. Well, but she, he couldn't have done that. because Of course. But I see those moments in other movies lit. where I'm yeah, like, but... you're cheating. Right. And it took me out of it for a second. And in fact, it jumps out to you less watching this because you're just like, oh, they're not cheating. They're doing the thing you actually see in this moment. This is an episode on Gone Girl. Our guest is Esther Zuckerman. <laughs> hey, what's up? We're going straight into the deep end. Uh, yes. Welcome, Esther, to Blank Check for basically... It's, uh, uh, we're, so we're saying it's your sixth time? Uh, last time we said it was my fifth time, but we can just say it was my fifth time this time. The asterisk is... It's your fifth film discussed right. on Blank Check, not, ex not including... Um, Special features. Right, I think you did one of those. We just did an episode with Katie Rich recently that will come out 15 years from now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that um, she similarly has an asterisk on her record because of the Titanic episode being split in two. But I've always argued because Kill Bill style, that was sh it shot as one episode. It should count as one whether I'll do anything did, with you coming back I weeks did later. I come back to the studio. You did, which that. is true. But still, this is your fifth film discussed on this yes, show. I think I apart from the fourth, you get yeah. two fifth episode Captain celebrations. Marvel, which apparently did the commentary for. I, I can't yeah. remember that. I did. The Marvels in cinemas soon. Yeah. Mm, yeah. America can't wait. Beating down the doors. Esther, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here for this episode. I know you are. I'm this so is... excited I didn't get bumped for the more famous person. <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Let's just say, you know, let's do dicks, 
<laughs> booking issues. Who yeah. want, does everyone want to know who couldn't make it for Zodiac? Should we talk about that? We could talk about that. No, we yeah. don't. Sorry, I was being rude. <laughs> no, no. I, I think, look, I think we had, there was, there was another. No, we shouldn't. All right, go ahead, go ahead. No, go. I'm just going to say this. There was another episode we offered that I think would have been good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had two options. Yeah, I you, was had, you be had a good backup. I had a, a good backup. Yes, And in fact, course. we need to book right. that backup episode now. We do need to book that now. And there was, there was, I think, a pretty, there was a, a channel of transparency I on all been, sides. I would have been, I would have bowed down and sort of exited gracefully. There was a famous person where it was like, Who's specifically might be a very good fit for this episode. Of course. And there was a pathway to that person. And it like took a while to pin down whether or not it was going to happen. Yes. But you had pinned this very early on for a very specific reason that I think we should just get out of the way. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, well, is there a reason I'm unaware? Well, no. I mean, it was, it was. You said you wanted to share this anecdote. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. It was funny because. Oh, I know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, Bob, my boyfriend, um, had told me like when we watched this movie, we were not together when this movie came out in sure. 2014. No. We got together the following year. He was dating someone else when this movie came he out. He was dating someone else when this movie came out and they saw it together. So this is B-E-S. B-E-S. And afterwards. A B-Z. Sorry. Bez. Bez. Afterwards, um, apparently she told him uh, that she would like to do this to him. She was like, I, wait, wait, wait. That's what it was. She was like, I'm going to gong girl you. She was like, she was like, I would like to gong girl you, basically. But like she cool said this as, as a, a sort of like, I'm deal. so mad at you. So I now will want to gong girl yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because right. it like, it'd be weird if it was like, ah, we're doing great. It'd be so yeah. fun to gong girl no, you. No, though. no, no. Was it said in the heat of an argument or was it No, said, I think no, it was okay. more just like casually after they saw the movie. Maybe I'll gong girl you. Yeah. yeah. So, it was, so it was just like walking out of the theater of like, that might be the solution. Here's my take. Yeah. I think, okay, so the world of this movie, yeah, where, um, Jesus, what's her name? Uh, Amy. Amy. Amazing Amy. Amy. Amazing Amy herself. Amy Dunn? Doesn't get mugged by friend of the show, Lola Kirk. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, acquaintance of the show, Boyd Holbrook. Just kidding. We don't know him. Um, <laughs> and- he was supposed to do the gun curl up. <laughs> That would be funny. He's a fan of this movie. I guess we could have asked Lola. I didn't even think of that. I don't know where Lola is. I feel like that happens sometimes when we're covering a movie. People who've done the movie never really want to do that. No, and I don't think we want them to do it. We mentioned it to Max about social network, and he was like, "Oh no, I wouldn't want to." No, I even felt like we framed it to Max as like, if you want another Fincher, because you've worked with Fincher, would you want to do anything other than social network? Right. But it always just feels like even SAG strike issues aside, which makes it like this is the one time we couldn't do no, this. Right, because they wouldn't be able to talk yes. about it. Uh, that's also not what the format of our show is. If people have right. insight with the yeah, no, it is person, it isn't, it isn't. but and not you this want, specific you want film. like okay. 10 yes. minutes of people talking about the dick. Sure. But, uh, yes, I mean, exactly. I'm sure Lola Which, would have thoughts on that. Lola would have would thoughts on the dick. But, yeah. um, if she hadn't been mugged by Lola yeah, and if, if she sort of, if her plan succeeds and she sure. gets away to wherever, I, I don't know what her no, next step is. No, she's supposed to, I mean, she's going to kill herself as part of it. That's what she has on the the, the yeah. post-it note. Kill, kill myself, question mark. She's yeah. not going to do that. Well, it, I think part of it is that she's just like, I don't know how this ends. I guess that's right. what I have to do. Yeah, because she, she has, wants him to have the, like, get the death penalty. And to she, a certain like, degree, she's like, like stalling she for time. She kind of needs to be dead. Yeah. Right. Okay, because I was wondering, like, I guess if she shows up dead, but like, could she actually, my point is, I think she's actually worse at this 
than she thinks she is, which the movie is sort of. On I think board the movie, with. yeah. I mean, she, the movie is very. She does aware a really bad job. Yes, I mean, Lola way. Kirk literally says like you. I mean, Lola Kirk doesn't pin that she is Amy, no. which is like, mm-hmm. which is a clever actually a clever idea. She's like, I don't actually care. You just have yeah, money and but she's like, but like, Lola Kirk pegs that she is really bad at like hiding that she's hiding something. Right, and she, they she are can instantly tell be like, yes. you're a rich person, like. Right. You know, she lets the money bag fall. She she's she doesn't respond to the name she gives herself. Like, yeah, she doesn't think think she thinks things through up to the point where she leaves. Think, and then well, once she leaves, you guys are like, right. Her focus is all on him. On yes. Like, how what do I do to make him look bad? Because right. that's why I'm doing this. But like, could he have gotten away with it? Is my question. Could he have gotten away? Correct. with Correct. Now, if she kills herself. You know what? Even if she does try to stage her own death in a way that looks like he did it. Yeah. Would he get away with it? He hires Tanner Bolt and Tanner Bolt's like, what kind of moron would kill a woman in his house and then invite the cops over and have this orgy of evidence? You know, what kind of a, you know, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, can he get away with it? I think if the body shows up, he's fucked. Yeah, I think if the body shows up. But what if the body shows up and it's like not consistent with what happened? Because it wouldn't be. And Tanner Bolt, he's the best damn lawyer in the biz. I mean... Tanner Bull is I I don't know I don't think he gets away with it I don't I don't I think he might get away with it I I think if she doesn't I I, I think, mean clear, to be clear getting away with it in that he did not commit the crime so right he, he right, is right but like as we know, do you right. think he walks yes. is the question yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. don't think he, he acquitted yes. I don't think no. he walks all right I mean I'm like trying to think, like compare this in my mind to other sort of like media sensation cases but I think a lot of them like the I mean the one that just um. Uh, Natalie Holloway. Yes. Where a well, lot of it was like the lack of the body for so long. Yeah. When it's a disappearance, people kind of live in the ambiguity for longer. Whereas I think when a body shows up and there's the sort of like visceral emotional element of like, we found a damaged body, there is such a bloodlust in the media that I think like does translate over into the courtroom. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously part of what is good about this movie as well yeah. is that he's kind of bad at being right that's what i was gonna accused. say right but then he kind of is starting to get good at it yes but he also is good at it in a way where he's trying to appeal to her he knows she's still out there right. all that you know right yeah. in the moment it's just fun to think about. the moment that he gets good at it is the moment she falls back in love with him. yes and in a way falls like in love with the truer version of him yes but also she's I'm going to say this. She's a little cuckoo. <laughs> no. Uh, no, she's amazing. I don't know. She does she's some stuff that boss. I think is a little rude. I think, she, I think Esther's no? right. I think she's a girl boss. Yes. Yes. Okay. You yeah. agree with me. I agree. She's a girl boss. I think she's a girl boss. Is she a girl boss? Yeah. Slay. Slay queen. Yeah. She she's... got that bag. <laughs> right, she actually kind of lost the bag. Yeah. yeah she, she loses, definitively loses. She the hands bag. over the bag. She has a bag. She that hands is it over. Taken from her. Yeah. Yes. By Lola Kirk with a uh, very visible um, cold story, which I have always focused on every single time I watch this movie. Yes. May well be makeup. L- Lola's so good in this movie. No, I mean, I assume she's it's really makeup. Good. Yeah. She's great in yeah. this movie. She's better than Boyd. I actually think Boyd is kind of a non-factor, which is fine, I guess. I, that's, I, think I that's like him as part. an actor. I do too. Yeah, yeah. I, he's meant to just be kind of a silly doofus. I mean, that's, I, yeah. was, I watched this with the Fincher commentary and he was saying, like, I like how irrelevant he is to her immediately the moment he's introduced. Yeah. Like, he's sort of, like, out of focus in the back of the shot as Lola is talking to Amy 
about like how much boyfriends suck. Right, right, right. You right, know? Right. Yes, 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 yes. She's good. Everyone's good in this movie. Uh, everyone is good. Astounding. But I think Amy is a bad person. I'm just saying. I that. disagree. Slay queen. Slay queen. I also just want to. She literally wait, wait, commits wait. murder. She slays. She's, She's a slays. queen who slays. Well, that, You're not I'm being not, an ally, I, David. I, well, it's like as a second. father of a There's daughter. There's a lot of language being thrown at me right now. Some not of which to I agree bring with. Up my, not to bring up uh, another point of uh, discussion that we will get to later, but a uh, person who was going to star in this movie, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Um, had a Quibi show uh, that I love called Fierce Queens. And we'd like her to return to to the network. Where's that a Quibi? Yeah. You're inviting her back? Called Fierce Queens, which was about, which was a nature show about animals that were fierce queens. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So in the same way Amy is a slay queen because she actually slays. These are fierce queens because it's like cheetah. And all the commentary that Reese did was like, you go, girl boss Cheetah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and as we all know, that got one bajillion Quibi hits. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is a metric of, of my my personal algorithm, yeah. which I will not reveal right. how it's actually... You don't call them uh, hits, you call them punches. Yeah. We, I also just want to put on record one that One zillion I've, views. Views count as someone even thinking about it or, you This know. bite was punched. Can I also just put on record that I really, times. really love my boyfriend Bob yes, and I do not want... Two Gone Girl. No, now. that's why you're Bob. still together. That's yes. why you are with him. But you at no point have ever yeah. considered Gone Girl. No. no, no. And I think it's good to establish that on yes. like but, now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, uh, I, I did. I did want to establish I it. just want to no, make it clear. No, it's smart to say because that way if you do end up Gone Girling him at some <laughs> later point in time, you've already established that you don't want to do but it. I, Everyone heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. an alibi. But I recently visited. how you're going to feel in a year or two. I went to Roku City. Uh, oh, sure. And I bought Quibi back. It's uh, lovely this them. time of year, by So the purple. Way. Yeah. Just the sky is at its most purple there in yes. October. The trees, the leaves are turning purple. <laughs> um, and I went to a little purple office and I bought Quibi back yep. for uh, five Quibi bucks. Uh, and so now <laughs> I do bucks. own Quibi uh-huh. again. So you can bring back Fierce Queens. And so, well, we're trying to get Reese on the phone, but uh, unfortunately, she's, she's no, lost I, her No, I've number. heard a rumor, and I understand it because, you know, the, the stock market swings on on this information. So if you can't uh, yeah, say right, this, right, if you right, can't confirm course. or deny on Mike, I, I get it. the FCC coming after right. me. I've heard you guys are doing R&D into the idea of doing longer bites. <laughs> really long bites. Lon Lonby. Yeah. Lonby. Lobies. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. I mean Lubbies. everything's on the Lubbies. table. Right. Lobbies. Right. That Quibby's going to rebrand as the king of slow media. Remember when it was a year of like no 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 people want this. People want this. People yes. want this and then it came out and it was like one day in it was like Quibby has failed. Well, it also came out. I know. Yes. I know when it came out. But still. Yeah. Uh, anyway. No, it Quibi was will be back clear time. for a year or two leading into it that no one wanted it. And then it came out at the time under the circumstances that would accelerate its death so to such an extreme degree that they had bought Super Bowl ads that are like, you know that feeling of being stuck waiting for your table <laughs> at a restaurant? And people are like, no, I don't know that. I fucking have been ordering in for six months. Quibi launched on April 6th, 2020. It's like yes. the, it's like it should just go on a tombstone. Yeah. Like just like cause of death launched on April 6th, 2020. They should have held. Oh boy. Uh anyway, Quibi's doing better than ever, just yeah, to be course. clear. And obviously, uh, we're really excited to work with Reese again. Um, and every time I say that I have to read this statement that was given oh, to me sure. by our attorney, Reese Witherspoon will not be working with Quibi in any shape or form ever in perpetuity yeah, forever and ever. Amen. 
Um, but we might be working with it. This movie, uh, Reese Witherspoon, who's starting to build out her sort of uh, uh, Southern Oprah dynasty, mm. sees this book with her producing Hello partner. Hello, Sunshine? Yes, yeah. correct. She buys this. Uh, yeah, buys I, love the I mean, hell, sure. Yeah, right, and this is in her sort of post-wild, like, Reese has no, taken back the reign. No, they came out the same year. No, it's oh, not that's wild. what? You know what? Yeah, no. That's point. Okay. Yes. But but all all this to say, she's clearly in this headspace of like, I kind of want to get back to doing serious work. I want to find material that I can adapt for myself. Takes this book, has the smart idea of bring Fincher on board. Fincher immediately says, by the way, you're not starring in this. Well, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about it. David Fincher. Which I think is the right decision. Well, we we have to discuss that. Yes. That is the 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 question that must be answered. And I, I mean, think I think while we all, coming out the same year as this, like vindicates it of like she ended up in the better thing for her. Let's I have a take, but okay. but we'll talk. I think the answer is yes, yes. Um, or at least I like to float the idea. Would sure. Reese have been good? But Fincher, David Fincher. So his film before Gone Girl, of course, is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, you a fan? Yes, but I haven't watched it that much. So good. Um, but I saw he's, it in theaters. He's doing theaters. well. I, I mean, I, maybe that's a slight ding. It underperformed, but it still did well. Yes. As much as it underperformed a little bit, I also think people were like, maybe we we pumped up our expectations too high for yeah, this thing. maybe we should Rather than blaming him for executing the thing incorrectly. But obviously there's no sequel to that happening. And instead... While he's working, I think, on the social network, he had signed with Disney to make 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yes. Taking over from their first choice, McGee. Of course. Not, not joking. Yep. Uh, uh, and uh, Scott Z. Burns writing the script. Yes. So, big writer, He you wants know, to do it with Brad. Wants to do it with Brad. Daniel Craig and Channing Tatum, supposedly, yes. are both considered at I mean, some Disney point. Disney, basically, his version of the movie would cost over $200 million. $200 million. He's going to make it in Australia. Right. And Disney has a very short list of, like, if you get one of these five guys, it goes. He said it became this bizarre endeavor to find which three names you could rub together to make platinum. He wanted the French character of an ex to be French. Mm -hmm. I assume Disney was not interested in that. They were like, yeah, is Benedict Cumberbatch French? <laughs> whoever, whoever it is at that era. Like, yeah. Whoever the Benedict Cumberbatch is of 2010. Yeah. Um, Channing Tatum, I suppose. Put a mustache on him. Yeah. Might be funny. So it does fall apart. Mm -hmm. It's one of many Fincher swings we never get to yeah. see. He's always, in interviews with that one, he always talks about like, I wanted to make my Empire Strikes Back. In that I have always found it astonishing how dark Empire Strikes Back is while working as a movie for children. And I thought I could, I had it in me to maybe thread that needle once to make things, something on a blockbuster scale. I mean, you read this shit where he's like, it was going to be Osama bin Nemo. Nemo was going to be a Middle Eastern prince with a wealthy family who decided white imperialism is evil and should be resisted. We were going to put kids in a place where they would agree with everything he espouses. It sounds amazing. But take issue, issue with the means. Yeah, it sounds cool, but Disney is probably like, what? Yes. <laughs> Osama bin Nemo? Yeah. Uh, we don't want to do that. Like Let's also say he's like starting, <gasps> that, that movie is being developed, you know, by McGee in the era that we've talked about a lot where Disney is like, we need things that boys like and yes. they don't have them. And yes. over the time that Fincher is trying and failing to get this movie off the ground, Marvel and Star Wars get acquired and they're like we never need to make a John Carter ever again we don't need to make Tron Legacy we don't need to try Enough to like this. mine our right. we're gonna archives. buy we'll buy the IP yes yeah, rather than trying to invent it whole cloth now 
We'll probably see some attempts at invention again coming soon. Um, uh, Cleopatra, we've discussed this movie, I think, Mm -hmm. a little bit with Angelina Jolie. He is attached to that. Yes. Taking over from Paul Greengrass. That was originally a James Cameron project. Uh, I'm fascinated that that that. specific project. It's the same one that Gal Gal, Gadot is. Right. But but Patty Jenkins left it? Who's supposed to do it now? Patty Jenkins is the queen of leaving projects. I don't really know. Well, I was going to say, the Cleopatra movie almost feels like a project meant to help you negotiate for the project you actually want. Right now, it's Kari Skoglund. Yes. Who's that again? Coming hot off of um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, no, that was it. Sorry, yes. wrong person. Um, it, just an absolute victory lap for everyone's favorite Disney Plus show. Yeah, she's done a lot of TV. Like, that That does not yeah. seem like someone I would hand a colossal project like no. that, but I don't know. When Avatar came out and Fincher, and Fincher, Cameron was like, I might actually have some more Avatar stories in me. And Fox was like, okay. And right. he's like, here's how much you'd have to pay me. And they were yeah, like, you said this. Well, right. slow he it down. Cleopatra's he leverage. He then flirted right. with Cleopatra. And right. I feel like Well, he Jolie's... also flirted with Cleopatra. <laughs> Julius okay. Caesar. Yeah, sure. Just to be clear. Yeah. No, Anthony and her had sex. But Julius and her, we don't actually know. Yeah, that doesn't mean they didn't flirt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was consummated. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the other unrealized Fincher project, Griffin? In this era? Yes. Specifically, Star Wars Episode oh, Seven. Of course, Kathleen right. Kennedy. Yes, definitely talks to him about it. The first two, and he kind of says in to some her, order, like, are her and Empire. Brad Bird, or, yeah. or well, him and Brad Bird. Supposedly, the first ask was Nolan, and Nolan just was like, "Click, right?" Like you know, and then you know they did the courtesy Nolan ask, right? And then it's Fincher, and then Brad Bird, right? Brad, Brad Bird, Bird like, says, "I like, would do it if I weren't doing Tomorrowland." A decision I think he probably uh, backs up a hundred percent to this day. And Fincher says, like, will you give me complete autonomy? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she gave her directors more autonomy than most. But yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, he also allowed a certain someone to be frank uh, in between <laughs> these two movies, Tattoo and Gone Girl. Which is important because he's had the success of House of Cards, which he gets less involved in as the show goes on, but he makes a tremendous amount of money over and Netflix, as they often do, pays a bunch of money to like earn his shine and use it to boost their whole profile. I mean, it is crazy, like to think back. I like I remember sitting in that dinky Atlantic office. Yeah. The day House of Cards came out, and sort of before it came out, having is this no the Soho office or the yeah, Park the Avenue? Soho right. office, mm-hmm. and yeah, having Soho no office. like no real sense of like what it would what it was going to mean that there yes. was a show on Netflix maybe this and is then a it, one-off gimmick and that then they it, don't stick it with. comes out and everyone starts watching it and just being like oh this is a new like it's people just, didn't like, even love it they liked it they liked That's it the but, thing about but it. also everyone watched it like within that first weekend Not, and right. just sort of like realizing that that was a thing that was going to happen now Not was sort that. of like a yes, strange was like thinking back to it it's like <sighs> sort of strange they also it's like hit 10 years ago it sucks it hit, and then it very quickly, like, Netflix immediately had the kind of reputation that, like, HBO and AMC briefly fought to have of, like, oh, does Netflix have, like, a brand identity that is yeah. a marker of some consistent level of quality? It was briefly. The briefly? Yes. For about the first year. If Netflix had a show, it was interesting. Right. It, it was, was like, the equivalent Ooh. of, like, a HBO putting something new yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now... 
Yes. It's still true. The, Every Netflix show. Perfect. Perfect Prestige. Shows. I, watching these uh, later digital Fincher movies recently, mm. um, and knowing that he starts doing the shows around this time, uh, we all complain about, like, the sameness of how all the Netflix shows look. And Netflix uh, has uh, basically a style guide that they impose on most shows. Um, it does feel like, as much as I love the way that Zodiac, Dragon Tattoo, Social Network, and Gone Girl look, I do watch these movies now and go like, oh, we're kind of living in a world where everything is forced to look like a bad Fincher yeah, project. Horrible Because knockoff. he established but like, but the yeah, look of Netflix way, prestige. Yeah, but it's way not as No, it's good. watered really? down. Wait, what even is Netflix prestige now? Genuine question. What's like their most prestigious, I guess the crown, the crown still. The crown is still, I mean, and but then, I mean, besides that, there's the sort of sub-universe, which I like, but it's very much its own thing uh, of the Mike Flan Flanagan shows. Well, but that's it's that's right. over there. Yeah, I mean now it's that's not, done. He's left. Yeah, yeah, now he's done. I mean, Fall of right. the House of Usher was really fun though, I, and he's I'm, like, yeah, he makes fun shits. But I'm talking more about like, their like shitty dramas, like their junky dramas. Um, The Diplomat. Okay. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That I think look like crappy Fincher. I don't watch those shows. You know why? I don't watch them either. Of you know why? I don't watch them. Why? Because you don't like bad things? Yeah, I don't want to. I yeah. also think they have started to look less like crappy Fincher. Mm -hmm. the, the Diplomat sort of look, look, looks like 24s. I mean, I mean or like... The Diplomat Harry Russell. Harry Russell. It's pretty fun. It's okay. pretty fun because okay. it's just sort of like... It, it's she's a diplomat. She's a diplomat. It's like not smart, but it's <sighs> like very, but it's very entertaining, and she's great to watch. So Carrie Russell's the diplomat. Richard Madden's the bodyguard. Yep. Yeah. What's the one with the kid from Super Eight? I don't know. Where he's like the agent or something. I don't. I don't fucking know. know. I can't keep up with this. It was garbage. something for a second. Sorry. And then go the on. The other Esther. Netflix prestige thing, just to close the circle on this, which is its own thing, is also the Bridgerton. Stuff, which is quasi-prestige. I know, but it's quasi-prestige, and they're still trying The to... night agent is the one I was fucking thinking of. I don't, even I know. Don't, like I don't know what agents. that is. I like my night managed, okay, sure. by Tom Hiddleston. Yes. Not to have an agent who is from Super 8, And I like my agents in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what this Jillian is. Jillian Flynn. Wait, okay. you guys are forgetting that Emily went to Paris. Oh, Emily yeah. Went to Paris. Emily went to Paris. And that's pretty didn't prestige. didn't they buy that off of prestige. Paramount They Network? buy a lot of this shit. They buy it all. That was they made go for a hell. channel. Listen to me. They well, can go. No, they're all right. I don't care. Who cares? Um, Someone's Netflix paychecks are about to stop showing up. Notoriously kind on all Netflix projects, David Sims. Look, if they make something good, I, I am nice to No, it. I think you're more critical than most. Yeah, they've been mad at me at moments. Jillian Flynn, mm -hmm. Entertainment Weekly. She, look, she graduates from Northwestern University in 1998. Thank you for including this uh, fact, uh, JJ. You, JJ. She, um, Jillian, Jillian Flynn, uh, JJ went to Northwestern, to be clear. Um, Jillian Flynn worked at EW. Is it Gillian? Gillian Flynn worked at EW. I don't know. I, uh, I, I dated a Jillian, so I always well, to Jillian. Well, brag, my friend. Gillian Flynn. Is it Gillian? I believe it's Gillian. Uh, went to EW um, and uh, would always try to write novels. She said mm -hmm. she had many failed attempts and then read Dennis Lehane's Mystic River, mm. which in my opinion is an incredible piece of writing mm -hmm. uh, that was turned into a flawed movie. His worst adaptation? That's an interesting question. Yeah. I would have to take a look at the whole list. Uh, she reads that and she's like, this has an unsolved crime 
as its spine, but it's not really about the crime. Like no. it's about the characters and all this emotional the stuff. The crime is the red herring. In exactly. A way. Yes. And so she's like, that's what I need. I need some sort of crime as the red herring. Mm -hmm. For what and, the book's actually about. Right. And so yeah. sharp objects and dark places are both kind of like attempts at that. Mm -hmm. Right. Has anyone seen Dark Places, the Charlize Theron movie? I read no. the book. I have not seen the movie. It does exist. Yeah. It does. Every time I'm like, wait, why is no one... Oh, someone actually has. Right. And it just didn't go anywhere. Who directed that? Ariaga? No. Someone halfway respectable directed that movie? No. Ariaga, you're thinking of The Burning Plane, right? right? Which is the Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Gilles Paquette Brenner. Okay, well... Truly not some... No offense to him, uh, but not someone I know. Um, or he's a big blanket. Or he's active on the Reddit. He's gonna be really happy to hear oh, that. I know he is. It came th that movie, Dark Places, came out a year after Gone Girl, and okay. it had like Gone Girl on the poster, sure. like from the author of Gone Girl. You know, like yeah. they were really trying. The um, character, the poster is Charlize Theron holding up the <laughs> theatrical one sheet for Gone Girl. Wait, you know what? I actually think I did see Dark Places, and it's not very clearly memorable as yeah. well. But yeah, uh, the book is fun. In the old big, two, the first two books are moderate success, mm -hmm. but not huge. Gone Girl in 2012, huge breakthrough. Kind uh, of immediately, right? Like an immediate yeah. literary phenomenon. That was one of those books that was regarded as trashy because it's a crime novel. Uh -huh. And because of the way it was marketed, I would say. Yeah. And then I, there were even people kind of writing pieces of like, this should have been considered for awards and wasn't because of the kind of bias against this genre. Arguably the exact same thing that happened to the movie. Indeed. I mean, and this is also like the thing that obviously we have to talk about this, but like when you're reading that book, it is such a skilled piece of like literary ingenuity. Mm. Like, I mean, it's just like... Unreliable narrators. Well, two yeah, unreliable two narrators. And it's just... and it. But when you reach that halfway point yeah. and it switches, it's... And you, also great you, in the movie. Also great in the movie. And I remember I'd read the book and I remember being like a huge... I was a huge fan of the book and I was so excited for the movie because I was a huge fan of David Fincher. Mm -hmm. But it was sort of like, how is he going to do this? Like, yes. how is he going to, how's like, or and how she, when she adapts it, like, how are they going to make this work on screen? Because mm -hmm. it is such like a little fun piece of first person narration trickery. And and, and a very literary. Yeah. Convention. Sort of, She's yeah. putting herself in it more in a way. She's yeah. from Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, she exited journalism, you know, at a sort of crisis point for that industry, much like Amazing Amy and Amazing Nick. I remember loving her EW work. That was sort of a yeah. golden age of EW. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that, that Mark she Harris was and like and, landed you know. as a distinct voice of yeah, like, yeah, that was that was a good time for EW. Yeah. Um, this uh, and uh, you know uh, Leslie Dixon. Mm -hmm. producer who worked on movies like Frankie Friday and The Thomas Crown Affair. And does Sharp Objects? Uh, sure, I believe you. I think so. Yeah. Uh, reads the manuscript, takes it right to the top of Sunshine Mountain and mm. delivers it to Reese Witherspoon. She said, hello, Sunshine. <laughs> yes. Uh, Reese Witherspoon loved the move, the book, the manuscript. Uh, they start pitching it around. 20th Century Fox acquires the rights. Mm -hmm. uh, and Witherspoon actually never had the rights. She oh, shepherded the deal and okay. was brought on as a producer, uh -huh. but she huh. did not own the rights at any point. Gil Flynn, I call her. Mm -hmm. Gilly. Old Gilly. Yes, mm -hmm. Gilly. Is, Sorry. Uh, Target Lady takes the first pass of the script and then that didn't work out. So they yeah. brought in Gilly. Yes. That didn't work out. So they brought in Gillian Flynn. Right. They asked Liza Minnelli <laughs> to turn on a lamp. <laughs> um, and... Uh, 
Gilly uh, writes a screenplay. She'd also never written a screenplay before. Mm-hmm. She uh, turns to a simple plan for inspiration, oh. which I really like. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. The band? Uh, yeah, the, the band. No, the movie. Oh, that uh, we uh, covered on this podcast. The Ben Hosley story, of course. Oh, the, uh, yeah. what, if what I is you... was in this movie, it would have ended with me owning an island, of course. <laughs> one of the all-time great Ben plots. <laughs> she, she considers that one of the all-time great book-to-film adaptations. She said, so I can maybe... And that's also, similarly, the novelist adapting his own. Right. Mm-hmm. And changing it. And, yeah. like, you know, yeah. being uh, judicious about mm-hmm. changes. And she said, so I tried to use that as a model. And then I freaked myself out because I was like, well, this is too good. <laughs> and wow. I won't do this yeah. well. Um, the book is quite long, I would say. You know, it's a pretty dense book. Like, you know, so she has... She says... She writes it all out as a screenplay. That does... That's, like, very long. Mm-hmm. So then she starts pulling stuff out. Um, there is some rumors that she tried was going to change the ending, but she doesn't change the ending. She no, just kind of yeah. simplifies the ending. Yeah. Um, in, in and does it really fast. Way is the ending more complicated? The ending is longer in my memory. It's got I, there's honestly, more time with say, like the media it's been stuff. So long that I've read the book. So long ago that I read the book, and uh, I've seen the movie so many times sure. that I can't right. It's overpowered. It. Yeah, <laughs> in your memory, turns in the screenplay. Fincher reads it and is like this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I want to do Gone Girl. It's like, th- she has the right approach. Sure. So rather than let's, okay, the novelist took a pass, let's now kick her off mm-hmm. and bring in Andrew Kevin Walker, Scott Burns, Edgar yeah. Roth, whatever. He's like, I will work together with her on like making this great. Like, you know, and she's the writer. It is interesting. He obviously, uh, Andrew Kevin Walker does a lot of sort of uncredited ghost work on a lot of his scripts, but I feel like he is pretty loyal to his screenwriters where if even if the material's not totally working for him he'd rather just drill into that person for like a year a year and a half until they give him the version of it that he wants they just seem to really like each other they seem to have very much clicked those two well they almost immediately announced after this the uh, strangers on the train that doesn't happen would have been cool with with the two of them in africa could have been cool could have been cool uh, I mean, I love a train. Yeah. I love strangers. Yes. You know, and I see all of his strangers this year and I'm like, where's the train? I'm on a train. <laughs> You're just sitting? The, you have the right amount of strangers <laughs> right. for once. Oh, in the oh. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 Andrew Scott rides a lot of trains in that movie. He actually Not does. That movie actually, I will be clear, about? has tons of trains. There's so a ton complaints. of trains in that movie. I have complaints about that movie, but I should be clear. Not its lack of trains. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But it would have been nice if it was called All of Us Strangers on a Train. I'm yeah, just no, saying. That, they, it's it's I'll agree with that. It's yes. like, you yeah. know. Uh, Finch, you know, they talk about movies they like. Lolita, mm-hmm. Clockwork Orange, Talented Mr. Ripley. She goes to Steve Cloves and is like, how did you adapt the Harry Potter books? Like, mm-hmm. how did you approach, like, just what to keep, what not, right? Sure. You know, just that I kind like, of like... I love her because that's like just such a like a... Kind of a clever to, thing to do. I also like went to J school. I don't know if she went to Medill, but like I... But like, you know, I'm a journalist, sort of. This is how, how you figure out how to write a screenplay sure. is by asking other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, cool. you Especially know. adaptation, yeah. which is very specific. You know, you're not going to learn the same way from like going to, uh, you know, Sid Field yeah. classes or whatever. Yeah. She, Fincher makes some changes. She collects her own blood in the, mo- in the book. He doesn't like that. He's like, that, that wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Like he makes changes like that where he's like, no, practically that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, it's too, if you cut your jugular, like, no, too hard. Like he's, I, I just like thinking sure, about it. Sure, sure. 
The big three names initially cited, this is insane, mm -hmm. in, in a variety story for casting. Abby Cornish, Olivia Wilde, Julianne Hoff. I mean, should have just, you know, stopped right there. That's wild. I, th uh, Emily Blunt, Natalie Portman, Charlize, all no mentioned, but they're, they're, those are all squashed. And uh, Rosamund Pike then floats, you know, into nowhere, you know, out of right. nowhere as the uh, the. Well, and Reese wants to do it, yeah, and he sure. and he says no. He, I mean, I don't know if there are quotes to this effect in the dossier, but like the way I always heard him talk about it was like I read this and I immediately felt in need to be a Hitchcock blonde, which is just not who Reese is as a type. I think. Reese is like literally played a character in a play called Hitchcock. Bar, right. Of course. Yes. I think Reese is like, I think Reese could have played this role incredibly well in a different version of this movie. Right. I don't I think she would fit into a Fincher version. I don't think Reese is right for this role in the sense that I think you put Reese Witherspoon in like a Southern town and you're yes. like, yeah, this person sort of fits there. Well, and I think that's, the, yes. I think that is the. That is the key Reese problem is that like she has too much of that. I know she can play sort of outside of that, but her whole aesthetic and whole vibe has been sort of, even when she's sort of trying to subvert it, like in something like Sweet Home Alabama or sure. whatever, the idea is like, no, that is who she is at her core. I, I agree like, with you. you I know, agree she with is this like, take, Esther. She is like, Amy has to be somehow so out of place in... Well, it's like the first time Kim Dickens is questioning Affleck and she's kind of like needling him and like she's like no one like she has no friends like you mean that part right and I yeah. think Affleck says the thing about like you know she's from New York yes yeah right so, and it's like there's something where the moment that character is on screen you need to get to like there's some silent air of judgment around her the second they have to move to Missouri you have to know that she's not going to be able to hit yeah. quite the same frequency as people. I agree with you that even if, like, Reese can act it, Fincher talks so much about, like, the bone-deep energy of people that he's casting based around. I, my take is I would like to see it. I guess I'm just... I'd be interested to see it. I just don't think it would work as well. It's probably true. I just sort of love to imagine it. Mm-hmm. I... I think Reese is like one of the most undervalued actors. The best. I alive. think she's incredible. Yeah. And, and I think anytime she's challenged, she rises to it. I agree. And she doesn't get challenged anymore. Partly her own, you know, like sort of mogul yeah. status at this point. I mean, I I don't watch the morning show. Perhaps sure. there are challenges. But why don't think this year? <laughs> plenty. She's like, I'm a Southern girl and I'm standing <laughs> up to Jennifer Aniston. Like, bye bye, get. While yeah. being this year felt like there was this air of, and she was coming off of mud which is obviously a smaller part, but she's really good in. And it felt like there was this energy of like, I want to remind people why I want an Oscar. I want to find like interesting shit to dig I into. And why I won an Oscar, it, I was like one of the most promising. huge talent, yes. like, you know, election onwards. And I think, it, yeah, well, Wilde has proved like, she's really good in Wilde. She's That's incredibly good in Wilde. Just one of my favorite movie performances of recent years. Yeah. So I, I think she, Wilde is a, one of the great films. And yeah. it's like not regarded as No, such. it's kind of no, forgotten. it's wonderful. Uh, and I love it so much. so good in it. And it feels like, okay, this is, and it does feel like that role challenges her to be yes. something that's not her. Yeah. But in a way where, you know, she has that grit that like you, 
that works so well for Wild. Obviously, yeah. she's also an inherent vice that year. And then it's like Hot Pursuit, Home Again, a, a Fincherian film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrinkle in Time. Big Little Lies, which she she is very good, incredibly in. good. At. Yeah, uh, she's fabulous. And um, but that's also another Fires thing that I didn't she see. spearheaded. I mean, like that's right. It. She really doesn't fucking make movies anymore. Am I wrong? Though the big no, she's oh, Big Little Lies. Of course, that's her. Yes, that's right. That's, that was that's, Hello Sunshine. Of course. Yeah, that's the thing. So it's like, did you not see how bright that movie was? The sun's shining. She has this. Yeah, no, I see what I you're did doing. watch the uh, her and Ashton rom com that came out this year. But, I mean, I heard that that was like it was toxic not waste, yeah. <laughs> like so bad. But this is another like indicative of she kind of like now sleeps in the bed that she made, right? Like of of money. Same with Fincher and the Netflix shit, yeah, right? Where it's yeah. a little bit of Faustian bargain, where it's like 2014 is this year where she's clearly like, I need to challenge myself. I need to work with directors who are going to push me. Then she immediately flips back to two comedies that are kind of comfort zone movies for her, and neither of them work. And then Big Little Lies is like, holy shit, what do you mean they're all on a TV show together? And you got a movie director no, to do it. Yeah, and it yeah. kind of changes everything where then that type of project becomes. You do it as a miniseries. Well, and I mean, it's sharp like objects sharp objects becomes a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Bad. Sharp objects would have been a good movie. It's a bad miniseries. But all these things get fucked. Like you know, it's too long. It's too long. But it would have been a yeah. It would have been, been a good movie. movie. Better movie. Same but fucking I cast would have been great. Messina. He gets his dick out, right? Yes, he does. I'm just yeah. saying. Reese has done four. Is that like a Gillian Flynn like Ryder thing. Yeah. <laughs> like there's gonna be full frontal. Guy's got to show hog. <laughs> Reese has done four TV shows now or three. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere, Big Little Lies, and The Morning Show is three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a fourth. Those are the big no, three. She's but not Nicole on... has done so many, right. too. Yes. yes. Um, but... To be fair, she also got an Oscar nomination for being the Ricardos in that time. Esther, she got an Oscar nomination for becoming for Lucy becoming Ricardo. Lucy Ricardo. <laughs> but not only that, she was the front runner yes. for a bit. We yes. almost had to deal with that. Yes. It was almost surprising, the, the relief of like, Oh, great. Chastain won instead for a performance that everyone's going to forget. Which um, I contend she's very good in that. I think it's a... Yeah. Uh, and I'm, absolute, I'm pro Jess. Absolute bullet dodge by not having to live with Academy Award winning film being the Ricardos. All right. I do love this quote by Fincher about Pike, who I think is excellent in Gone Girl. Mm -hmm. And is an actor I love. I feel like she's had such a frustrating post-Gone Girl career because Hollywood's just like... Ice queen, ice queen, ice queen. You know, like, you know, like yeah. they only have that for her. And she's such a good actor. And, and she's so warm and like Pride and Prejudice. I mean, like her best performance. But her she's best so film. wonderful think, in that. Like, and so yes. sweet and lovely in that film. They latch on to Darkly Funny. Have neither of you seen Saltburn yet? I've seen we, Saltburn. Oh, we have both. Okay. She's very funny. She's very funny. That's the only reason that I'm excited about that. She has one minus note. one dimensional role. It's yeah, not even it's zero right. dimensional. It's but negative dimensional. She is someone who can make those things work. It, but that, that movie, which is, in my opinion, stupid. Uh -huh. uh, I think that movie is very fun. Yeah. The movie is fun for a good 60 minutes and then there's 80 more minutes. I just get jazzed at her, like in the trailer, she's being fun. like, she's totally is fun. someone going to let her rip? She does a rip. little bit, a little bit, not enough, not nearly enough. Carrie Mulligan is fucking hysterical in that oh, movie, she's so but she funny. comes she's in, in she comes in, hits three threes, and then leaves. Okay. And like you know, she is in ten, twenty minutes of that movie. Yeah, it's just it's basically a cameo, but she's so funny. She's That's really cool. funny. Um, uh, I think Elordi is incredible in it. I'm really pro that guy. Interesting. He's great in Priscilla too. Yeah, I mean, whatever. 
You like him because he's tall. I, I like Chris. I like him because what? Because he's tall. You know, he is really tall. He's so tall. <laughs> he's shockingly tall. Um, um, I, here's something interesting, though, about Pike and about all right, those three other people being at the top of oh, the- Oh, like the Wild How- The list. And uh, right. I already forgot yeah. the other one now. Yes. Um, Cornish. 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 Cornish was hot. Yes. This was after Brightstar. It kind of feels like this movie fundamentally breaks if you, in 2014, cast a major movie star, an established leading lady. Like, it's not like Rosamund Pike was unknown, but all three of those people, there's something of like, the audience hasn't totally formed an opinion of who Correct. they are. Yeah. And so it's not even like the Reese thing of they have to play against something. There's like the mystery of like, I don't have a read on her. I think that's totally true. I also think there was a genuine budget thing of like, if you're getting Affleck, mm -hmm. he's expensive. Sure. So, you know, can we can we save on the actor, the actress? I do like this quote from Fincher. Mm -hmm. Amy had to be an only child, he said. When I met Rosamund, she was a dyed-in-the-wool only child. She just exudes it. She's an orchid, and you get that. She was socialized with adults, and that was really interesting. Yeah. Makes wow. sense. The whole sort of like body language and like attitude of yeah. her. Yes. That feels like a burn towards only children of which I am one. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm a little offended. Yeah. Love this quote. Uh, yeah. Two You're only children orchids. in the. Yeah. Two orchids. Yeah. Beautiful Aww. orchids. Sensitive. Hey. Careful. Easy. <laughs> um, the night before production started, Rosamund Pike had 103 degree fever and threw up three times. She emailed Tom Cruise. Her Jack Reacher oh, co-star. Yes, yes. And freaking out. Yeah. And he emailed back, trust yourself. You're in the hands of a great director. You're ready. God damn it. Goosebumps. Wow. God the damn it. The cruise email. He's Tom.cruise at gmail. When is yeah, when is he gonna get up with Vinci? Well, I'd love to see it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously Mission Impossible was sort of right, the big that was flirtation, the flirtation. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'd Whoa, love, that's I would, so good. That's such a mic drop email. Isn't it cool? <laughs> and so also the idea of her being like, you know, maybe just like hitting the, the Reacher group chat. <laughs> yeah. And a yellow is like, you're fine. You know, like other, every, you know, uh, yeah. Werner Herzog is like, I think that you will do well. And then Cruz is Jenkins like, giving it the hot ha <laughs> stamp. Yeah. Fucking Jai Courtney writes like two paragraphs. And it's like, you're in that for 10 minutes, buddy. <laughs> the thing that's nice about that email and its succinctness is that it's like both you're in the hands of a master. He's not going to let you fail. And also, you fundamentally are ready. Sorry, this is so um, off topic. But yeah. have did you have you read the thing about, like, there's the new Scott Pilgrim, like, animated show? He's or, in it, I'm bro. In it. You're in it? I'm in it, yeah. bro. But did you see... A little the, parts. But did you see the, like, one of the reasons the cast all got together was, like, they had that email thread. And then yes. six years later, Michael Sarah responded, ha-ha, yes. to the email thread. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Really? That's a power move. That's yeah. people think he's just oh he's so delightful and to no he to power moves all the way with <laughs> absolutely yeah he's winning every interaction. Right. He, he, the, he's got that email in like 2017. He was like I'm gonna give this one six years. Yeah, I'm gonna let it sit. He this is a six. He thing. was at the IFC when I did a Q and A for uh, the very nice film Fremont. Just seeing the movie. Really? An incredible movie. Uh, recommend to anyone. Fremont. You would like yeah. it. Griffin. Yeah, yeah. And fucking Greg Turkington's in it. Right. And it's the same, it's the the writer of Amanda, which was one of my favorite movies of the year. There you go. Yeah. Have either of you seen Amanda? I haven't spoilers. seen Amanda. Nope, gotta see it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. John Hamm is considered for the role of Nick Dunn. Affleck is incredible in this movie. It yeah. uses Affleck so well. And yeah. he has a much more reasonably sized penis than Mr. Hamm. 
Like in Ham, <laughs> it would be like the guy has three legs. I don't understand. What's, yeah. what, this is the late twist. He's an yeah. alien. You've seen a Dolby in the seat <laughs> shake off. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to Mr. Ham, <laughs> who I respect. Um, fuck up the sound when the from thing Missouri, hits the shower time. Right? John Ham yeah. is from Missouri, uh-huh. right? And John Ham, of course, at that moment, really would work as oh, the yes. kind of like this guy's handsome but a douchebag. Like, like I right. don't know. Should I trust him or? truly think of him as evil. Like, he makes a lot of sense. And, and this is like last season of Mad Men. Yes, correct. And this is also he the moment... He couldn't fit it into his Mad Men schedule. Right. He now talks about it as, that was mine, it was supposed to be mine. I think he was the first choice. Yeah. yeah. It, it really sounds like it. Um, yeah. But yes, no, this is also the moment where people are like, can he please successfully make the jump over to Movie Star? I wish it had happened. I'm not saying he has a bad career. He has a good body he of work in movies. He has a good movies. career. In, yeah. And and he's done good movies. He's worked with interesting people. Yeah. He now is in this weird, like, I'll come in for the second season of your show or whatever phase. Right. Isn't he on the morning show? He's on the morning show playing <laughs> Elon Musk right now. Yeah. No one is talking about this because no, no one watches that show. But everyone, yeah. I, everyone, whenever anyone tells me about something that's happened on the show, I'm sort of like, should I watch it? Because it's crazy. Like, apparently their January 6th episode like, was like... But then everyone's like, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> apparently their January 6th episode was like insane. Their you're insurrection. kidding me. It wasn't normal. But you're right. He's in that weird Aaron Very Paul newsroom core. zone. And and Cranston's in this too where it's like, you returning to TV should be a monumental deal. And right. instead it just kind of happens every couple well, of years. this is the fucking problem with TV now. Which, you know, again, we can rant about again. But sure. right, where it's like, okay. Affleck. I love this quote from Fincher about Affleck. Mm-hmm. Gone Girl, there's a smile a guy has to give with the local press asks him to stand next it's to a poster. all that fucking moment. I flipped through 50 images of Ben Affleck giving that kind of yep. smile in public uh-huh. situations. Yeah. It's so funny that Fincher is so upfront about, like, I'm casting this guy because of well, how he's okay, had to deal with the press. We have to talk about the speech where he says marriage is hard work. Yes. Go, please. Go when ahead. When does his divorce happen relative to this movie? It's after, but right? Like or is right it right after? after? Oh, man. It's so funny that when you Google him, the image now, it's like four pictures of him looking sad and then the beach photo with yeah. him got the towel around him. Where <laughs> but his Oscar speech where he says... So that's, 20, that's 2013, 2013. 2013. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Where he says, like, it's like... Or it's good, it's work, but it's the best kind of work. Right. It's like that could be a line from God. Absolutely. Girl. <laughs> That's a Nick Dunn fuck. And up. Everyone's like, everyone's because he forgets to thank her at the Globes. Yes. And then he gets up and does this, and everyone's like, Jesus Christ. And then mind what? you, on top of that, he then hosts the finale, the season finale of SNL that May, and his whole monologue is him bringing Garner up on stage and trying to atone right. for that comment at the Oscars. And he oversells that yeah, bit it's like, in a way where you see it go yeah. from Garner being like, I'm playing along, I'm a good sport, to being like, he doth protest too much. He They split up in June of 2015. So about okay. six, seven months later. Yeah. yeah, Fincher says he's very bright. He's got a great sense of humor, but he also really understands situations like this. And I really like that about him. Here's this guy who may have killed his wife, but I would also love to grab a cheeseburger with him. That's the vibe he he sees in Affleck. (laughs) It's the same as the Rosamund Pike thing. And I know I said this in the um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo episode and and that exhaustive casting search, which I do think informs the way he approaches Amy going into this movie as well of like, I got to sort of build a performance with someone who was a little bit new to the audience. Um, But he's like, I cast for whatever the most like essential innate quality is in an actor that's still going to be there at five o'clock in the morning on take 100. And I think 
Yes. Yeah. As much as like Affleck has been on a quiet heater for the last 10 years as an actor, starting with Gone Girl, I think John Hamm is fundamentally a better actor, but I don't think he would be better in this movie in a sort of like Barry Lyndon way. I mean, I love Affleck in this movie so much. Yeah. I can't imagine it. I my ham thing is more just what you're it's like I'd just love to see that guy I'd, have like five great movie roles it. right totally and have had it but he also has a great career but like the power of that smile moment and like five other moments in this movie including him saying marriage is like a battle or whatever with yeah. like the the layers the text that you're bringing to it well I think it's so I mean have you guys ever done like a, like a an Affleck have you ever done like an Affleck run BVS our lost episode yeah. And we so did it we Justice did, League. We did sort of find, yeah. I oh, feel like well, right, we like, discussed him never, as Batman. But a you've few never times. really right. discussed him because I just think like, it's a good it's question. Such Have an we never, interesting. Yeah. Wait, like, a, no, come on. Surely we've done. All right, let's see. Let's see. We did Armageddon at the drive through. But no, we didn't really no. talk about the movie. Uh, we didn't do Ranger Games. We haven't done that one okay. yet. Yet, no, I'm with you, Esther. We I need to think, dig in, like, because there's a lot of movies like Gili. We will do one day, absolutely. Uh, it's a problem. You know, to our Pearl, Pearl Harbor. We might do one day. Yes. Now, these are not his best films. No. <laughs> well, it's just like I feel like you know, it's so interesting, like him at this phase, because it's like I think right now in 2023, as we're thinking about we've this, we've all done Batman. Yeah. We've, yeah. Oh, wow. we've like fully. He's been in a lot of bad movies. Yes. I feel like we have culturally swung back into like, yes, we love Ben Affleck. Yes. Moment. You know, the sort of getting back with J-Lo, the, the um, air is good. Air is, air is yeah. very fun. Air rock. Not only that, he's like, like trying to like build a better industry to support for, adult yeah. films. Yes. His like Duncan grown ads movies. are fun. Yeah. Like we're sort of, we're sort of like culturally we are very pro Ben Affleck, but I feel like in 2014, he, he obviously had just won an Oscar. Like he had yes. just won best he's picture. He's on the downswing. But it does feel like. You get Batman on the set of this movie. And that's like part of the downswing. Right. Yeah. Well, this is what's fascinating but about it. But it's weird yeah. that it's like, it's weird that this is like two years after his movie that came out that won an Oscar. And yet everyone is sort of like, everyone felt bad for him when he didn't get the director nomination, but then sort of swung back around. It's like, did we really have to give this best picture? The man like, has had 50 comebacks. I've talked about it on it's this It's one podcast. of the most fascinating right. One And in, what you are referring to is one of his, like a mini comeback with him. It's like, Argo's back. And then he goes right. and get the thing. And like, oh, poor Argo. Oh, poor Ben Affleck. Let's, come on, let's give him a comeback again. Let's give him best picture. Right. The charity of giving him best picture. Well, that's the only reason Argo won. Argo was destined to get a bunch of noms, yes. including best director. Yes. And if it had, something else would have won. That's what do you think would have won, though? Lincoln, probably. Lincoln just weirdly felt DOA after being seen as the juggernaut for so long. Never, and the, and never being such a big It's never good hit. to be the juggernaut yeah. the whole time. That's undeniable. Like, so, there, yeah. there's something to the fact that... I guess Zero Dark Thirty had that, that like, was, moment. Zero Dark Thirty had a month where it felt like it was going to win. Uh, yeah, it had yeah. a month, and then. But I think what's telling is that Ang Lee wins for right. Life of Pi, a movie that never had the juice to win Best Picture. Yeah, but it had the most tigers. It did have the <laughs> well, one, but more than others. No tigers in Lincoln. I, I want to dig into this though, because he, you know, his career is so fascinating, right? But there's this feeling of like throughout the '90s, he's such a big star, but no one seems to really like him. 
he's in one of those weird positions, a little bit of like a Ryan O'Neill thing, right? Yeah, Where Ryan O'Neill's like, a good comp. Not only like does the uh, press with the attack this guy, personal life side, but it right. almost feels like the public treats him as a joke. And yet most of his movies are hits and we're obsessed with him as a public figure, right? And Damon is slowly building up this like greater career. Red, yeah. Right. And then there's the born identity moment where it's like, well, for a while the divide was that Damon was doing the serious prestige stuff with serious filmmakers and Affleck makes the big dumb blockbusters that people like, but they're not taken seriously. And now Damon has like an elite action franchise and that's coming right at the moment that G. Lee hits, that the press cycle of like Benefer gets out of control. He totally loses it. And then he's like, I have to go back into the dirt and rebuild myself as a serious filmmaker. And it was sort of getting back to this, like, remember this guy wrote Goodwill Hunting right. in interviews. All these people who work with him talk about how intelligent he is, and yet the public thinks of him as an idiot. When he does press, he seems insincere, right? It's the fake smile in front of the poster. Sure. He makes these dumb comments. He steps in it, all this shit. And it's like he's going to go and make grown-up movies. And everyone is impressed with Gone Baby Gone as like a low-level hit, and they're like, guys sort of proved himself. Okay. Then Town's like a hit. Town's so good. And now he's putting himself as the star in the movie, but it almost feels like, well, he knows that that's a chip he can play to help get the thing financed and also like gives him as some control as a director. And he's the lead in Argo and the town. But in both cases, he's kind of doing like the selfless heavy lifting of the movie and letting all the supporting actors shine. And I feel like the thing with Argo, too, is... Go fuck yourself. Well, yes. Argo, fuck yourself. Yes. Clearly. Classically. That's the thing with it. That's um, the thing. Yeah, that is the thing. It is the one thing. But with his, I, you know... Everyone's sort of like, that movie's fun. Like, it, it's like well-made. It's a big titty hit. We should acknowledge. It's a big titty hit. It had big floppy financial when, titties. When do, we, when do we ban this phrase? I don't know I how it started. Close. I don't know how, I don't know how big titty hit started. But I do I feel started. like him casting himself, everyone was sort of eye-rolling because it was yes. also, you know, it was supposed to be, like the guy was Latino. Like it wasn't like, it was Absolutely. like, why are you casting yourself? And I do feel like even though he had sort of like established himself as a good, like as a solid and good filmmaker yeah. by that point, by the time he's coming into the Gone Girl, no one had really, he still was like, he's not that good of an actor. This is my point. And Correct. those two movies, he's playing the lead, but he's sort of just the guy holding the center yeah. of the film. And no one is like calling him out as like a highlight of the movie. They're like, he's actually a better director and writer than he is actor. Yeah, that's actor, the whole thing. It's like, oh, right. he should have been doing this the whole time. He is not that good of an actor. Right. And it's blah, like blah, blah. Arkin's getting a supporting nom. Renner's getting a supporting nom. He's just sort of like, keeping the movie on its rails. So when they announce that he's doing Gone Girl, it's like, wait, Affleck should be going straight back into directing another movie. He, did. he should only be acting in his own films. He did direct Why is he movie. taking other acting jobs? He made Live by Night. But gets pushed oh, back because oh, of this. yes. Yeah, but Sorry. he made it right after this. I know, that movie came out so much. It came like out that. much later. I like that movie. I'm a defender of Live by That's Night. That's a wild opinion. Well, have you seen it? No. So, maybe shut the fuck up. Okay. Uh, no, well, Live by Night is like two-thirds of a good movie. He is the problem in it. Yes. But, you know, it's in the middle of Batman. He's clearly, like, weighed down at that point. Well, by, he was like, supposed to go It is so right interesting. It. it came out in 2016. It wasn't like a huge Not to delay. jump ahead yeah. in time, but it does feel like in the past, I guess, like, three years, he has also figured out how to use himself in films better yes. like it's like yes. the last duel that like he's so good well, in the now last he's duel. an incredible he, have, run have well, you seen triple frontier 
No, your favorite He's, movie. Yeah, awesome in that. Frontier. Now, that is emo Affleck. Yeah. He's really sad in that movie. Which but I he's like. Used really well. Same with a movie we both like. The Way Back. Way Back. Which he's incredible. Oh, I sad love the as way, fuck. I yes. love The Way Back, which feels like a, that movie's so good. He's so good and it feels like a weird commentary on uh, his own alcoholism. hundred percent. Yeah. Of course. Well, and not, then, it doesn't even yeah. feel like it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Last Duel in Air, he's like, I will play a weird little princeling and it'll be right. fun. Yes. Yeah. He's doing the Shakespeare in Love thing, which he was always so good at. He's only okay in Deep Water, which I kind of hoped for as like a Gone Girl 2. I mean, that whole movie That whole movie been, just doesn't yes. work. Yeah. And then, of course, he gave the greatest performance in the history of film. Uh, films released by Ketchup Entertainment. I'm talking about Hypnotic. I have not seen Hypnotic. <laughs> David, Ketchup Entertainment. David, that was a masterfully <laughs> delivered joke. You played that beautifully. Um, Unfortunately, no one knows what ketchup entertainment is, but I'm here to tell you they released hypnotic was was targeted straight for <laughs> right me. for you. It was really only for you. Ben doesn't know what's going on. He's looking at his phone. I know no, what's going on. It is. I, I, yeah. I know you know. It is fascinating because I'm just like looking. you don't know what ketchup entertainment is, but that's fine. You shouldn't. No one should know what it is. You're like he does no acting work between the town and Argo, right? Well, I guess to the wonder comes out the same year as Argo and was probably shot 15 years ago. Right, that was shot in the uh, 70s. Right. <laughs> Runner Runner is when you're like, dude, get back to making movies. Don't do this. Never bullshit seen that in is other there, people's is there films. Any, is there any Runner Runner fan out there? Is no, that everyone a, hates that movie. Yeah. And I think Affleck basically talks about that, like halfway through production, he kind of took over it, and he was like, this was a mistake. Uh-huh. I need to only work with like really top-tier directors if I'm going to hire myself out as an That's actor. Brad Furman coming off The Lincoln Lawyer, which is one of those movies Correct. where, like, when you watch The Lincoln Lawyer, you're not like, get me this director. You're, you're kind of like, wow, McConaughey's, like, pulling this along. Like, yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, right, he 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 does this, which he's, like, perfectly cast in. Then yeah. he goes straight into Batman. Yeah, the, the anecdote... Justice was dawning. Well, the, the fucking chin joke in this movie, right, which is, like, you can't believe that existed in the book and the script before they hired him. It's such a good summation of like the weird tension of this guy where you're like, there is something I just don't believe. There's just one thing Affleck has done that doesn't fit into what we're talking about, which is The Accountant, which is one of those movies where you're like, (laughs) why'd you do this? But then you're like, but it actually hit and is well liked. It was a huge ass hit. Like they were trying to make a sequel. It also got him linked up with Gavin O'Connor. It got him the way back. But like, it's that th- it's sort of like a runner runner where you're like, why are you wasting your time on this? But you were actually probably but right. It's to. the same yeah. thing as him taking Batman again, right? Like yeah. the joke was the chin things in the script. He calls up his agent while making Gone Girl and says, like, I'm doing the evil chin movie now. You gotta find me a heroic chin movie. And Batman versus Superman also was like, I think Snyder wanted Ham or Brolin were the big two before he I, I got to I definitely heard Brolin. I think Ham was, yeah, considered I think for Ham both. Ham passed yeah. and said, I don't want to do superhero shit. Ham was very much yeah. like, I'm too old for this right. shit, I think. Yeah. Brolin was his top choice, and I forget why it didn't work out. And then it's sort of like a maneuver of Affleck using the heat. But it felt like, dude... Brolin might have been interesting. Brolin would have been good. And I don't think Affleck's bad as... I mean, I him. think Affleck, we've talked about, but it just, just looks like feels, he wants a vape every... Yes. But it also feels... But it's also just like, it felt like such a midlife crisis move to play when when it was announced that he was playing Batman and then he's getting yoked too. Like, know. he's just like... It's like he, he did this thing. Around. It felt... It felt weirdly in conjunction with like yes. Kong Girl in the like sense that you're just like, oh my God. Like, it's also... It's just like... Would ben, you play Batman? 
would I? Yeah, I think I'd do a really good job. I think people would be really happy if they announced me as Batman. <laughs> no. Pattinson's too big. We're, we're, we're going to go a little smaller. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, is it hard to turn down Batman? Kind of, but what's yeah. fascinating about Affleck but is you're has like all the power in the world to turn things down at this point. That, he had literally he done literally Daredevil. just won an like he, he won best picture. How it could go wrong? I think around when Air was coming out, I went down a rabbit hole of watching like every long form Ben Affleck interview because he's an unbelievable interview, yeah. especially. The last five years, he's just gotten so candid. Oh, my God. I, I that offered, Hollywood Reporter interview that came out with oh. Air was like, wow. Okay. I sent emails that were humiliatingly desperate yes. when Air was coming out, being like, please let me talk to him. I but would love to talk to him. always the thing of like... Just because he talks so people much. People who worked with him were like, you don't understand how smart and funny this guy is. And then when he do press, you're like, none of this is coming across. And it felt like he was doing this, like, Nick Dunn, insincere, I have to play normal straight man, leading man kind of stuff. And then finally, the last five years, he's like, I'm showing you all the full me. I'm not denying, I'm not saying the tattoo is for a role anymore. Yeah. Like, all this shit. But there was some, one of those interviews I watched, he talked about, like, how bitter he still was after winning Best Picture. Right. Of just, like, these people still think I'm a fucking joke. I need to, like, win it back. And the fact that, like, he was validated as a filmmaker made him want to do the entire conventional leading man rotation again to prove them that he wasn't a fuck-up. And it was right. like he's taking all the roles that he kind of blew 10 years earlier, but this is the one that he nails before he gets back post-Batman. I want to say, we have to talk about the plot, but I just yeah. want to say one thing. The, the, the idea that Ben Affleck actually shut down production of this film over wearing a Yankees a hat joke. is a joke that David Fincher says on the commentary. Yes. It's very clearly a joke. Yes. David Fincher is funny. Yes. Uh, and dryly dry. funny. Yes. Yes. Oh, so is Ben Affleck. Funny. Ben Affleck did indeed say like, yeah, I, I pitched a fit over wearing a Yankees cap and so I don't. Right. And like they both tell this as a funny thing that happened during the making right. of Gone Girl and has somehow evolved into like Ben Affleck famed Boston prima donna. I mean, I like, listened to know. the commentary today. It was today. funny though, like when we were watching this and Bob was like, we were talking about it. It was like, well, why isn't he wearing like a Cardinals cap? And it's like, yes. oh, because he bought it at the airport. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's There's sort no of the thing. he doesn't need to wear a Yankees cap. Like no, it's not no, important no, to the movie. It yeah. is important that he wears a New York hat because mm -hmm. the idea is that like like why isn't he putting on like a cause in the next scene he, he didn't open, travel with a he hat. He opens up and he's right. wearing like a Cardinals t-shirt. It's like match. it's yeah. like he he realizes he has to hide his anonymity in right. some way. So he like goes to a store yes, and yes, yes. buys. I listened to the commentary today and his delivery is incredibly dry. If you're an idiot, you would perhaps not pick up on the fact that it's a joke. But he does talk about it for like two minutes and he really plays out the bit of like, it was four days of back and forth with Ben's agent Very on the phone. Very unprofessional. Production right. shut yes, down. Yeah. It was, you know, deal memos like flying furiously. But yes, it is false. Affleck had been cast as Batman by the time filming was over. Pike's quote, uh, by the time we were in the shower, I was with Batman. Uh, JJ wow. also notes here, he's written a separate line for this. Also, you can see his penis in the movie thumbs up emoji. Okay. <laughs> uh, Maybe throw an eggplant in there as well. well. Gone Girl came out in October 2014, but I saw it at its world premiere wow. at the New York Film Festival. Aren't you Did you? 
I did not. At that point, I was actually working for EW, which was like very exciting because we Ew. like had the Gillian Finn connection. Um, but I, you know, at that point, I was still sort of a baby, and yes, I had especially at EW, I suppose. Yeah, yes. and I hadn't. I didn't really get those invites. Um, I did see it on Yom Kippur with my parents. Hell yeah! I cool, great time to see it. It was it was released because I because I, I had this memory of it like oh we didn't go to services we went to see Gone Girl and I was like wait was it actually and then I was like yep yeah, Yom Kippur was pretty late that year it was on October fourth when did you see it I think I saw it opening night AMC twenty five by myself it was very much a movie where I was like I want to see this immediately because I don't, don't want to get spoiled, spoiled. Yeah. and then right yeah. I saw it right because I saw it at the at Lincoln Square I remember gasping at the dick I remember later hearing that Fincher was at that screening I know he was at the screening yeah. was it at uh, Alice Telly or? no it was at Lincoln it was at the AMC Lincoln Square oh weird uh, and uh, like went back and was like cut two seconds out like he, he had watched it yeah. and been like eh, a couple scenes that fell a little long and they cut like a few seconds out of the movie um, a couple inches off the dick too. No, right? no, are you kidding me? I mean, yeah, they did. Yeah, they brought it down to ten. Yeah. Um, listen to Doughboys also if you just want another forty-five right, minute exegesis on month this ten penis. of litigation as to whether his dick is big or massive. Uh, right. Uh, but uh, uh, and then I saw Love it again yes. with with my my roommate Molly. Yeah. Because uh, we, I, I was just like, you gotta see this thing. It well, is a blast. I'll say this. And seeing this with like a Times Square crowd opening night. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's just like, he's got us in his fucking hands. The crowd is just like riding the roller coaster with him. There's some twists. There's yeah. some turns. Yes. I remember very clearly Molly's face looking at me after she slashes MPH's throat. Yeah. Just like, like, uh, you know, cause it's crazy. Yeah. Right. That moment, I remember distinctly thinking to myself, so she's winning the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Sure. How could anyone beat this? Who beat her? It's someone kind of uninteresting, I want to say. How dare well, you say that right. about Julianne Moore in Still Alice? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I do think that is an exceptional performance and a movie that I like. You're you're a you're a bigger Still Alice fan than most. I am. Yes, I am. I, I actually think that movie is pretty good. But it it's was okay. such a late entry. Yeah. And in a year where the other contenders were really interesting. And then it was just the Sony Classics play of like, you feel guilty. Give her the fucking Oscars, you dirty dogs. Right. Like, you know, it's just. It got thrown on the schedule in like October. I know. I know. It was really irritating. Who were the other two nominees that year? Uh, Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night. Yeah. An incredible performance yes. in a great film. And Felicity Jones in The Theory of Everything. She's honestly the lead of that film, and right. she's she is good in it, but the, you know the least interesting probably of those performances. Bad movie, yeah, not a very good movie. Yeah, uh, I do like Felicity Jones, but obviously you know her real peak was yet to come. Yorana, Yorana, because she's oh Yorana. I thought you were talking about women don't belong on balloons. <laughs> she's really made some. That's made some choices. Gonna, <laughs> that's where I thought you were going to go. Is going to go like she was in a balloon. I'm a really good aeronaut. I think she says that at some point. Yeah. Um, Gone Girl begins, Griffin, uh, on the fifth anniversary of Nick Dunn and Amy Dunn's well, marriage. Well, begins him stroking her head, trying to figure out what's going on in her brain. Saying he wants to crack her skull open and unspool her brains. Yeah. A great Fincher thing. I mean, we talked about, like, his shift to digital is so much less about uh, him preferring the look and more about how much more conducive it is for the workflow. And a big part of that is the like the amount of insane obsessive digital touch-ups he likes to do on every element of every shot becomes a lot easier if you're shooting digitally. 
And so I'm watching this with the commentary and like the first thing he says is, so basically every scene Rosamund Pike is wearing a wig in this movie and wig technology has not really advanced in the last 100 years. So basically every shot of her required digital touch-up to remove her wig lines. Wow. Yeah, but that's like how Fincher's starting the commentary is the shot that starts in the back of her head, her turning it's around and he's like, so yeah, that's like, a digitally removed wig line. It's so intentional. It's repeated at the end of the film and yes. the whole point is like, uh, there's a certain way in which we just do not know each other even mm -hmm. when we're married, even when we're in our most intimate, right? You're seeing the same look on her face. You can interpret it a million different ways. So it's just funny. The Fincher's like, oh, this fucking wig line. Fucking wig line. <laughs> but I'm also like, and he never explains this. Why the fuck did she need to wear wigs? Well, her hair, hair changes, changes a, bunch a lot in this movie. over the course of the film. Sure, I guess for continuity and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And she kept cutting her own hair. Really annoying, yes. Rosamund. Uh, she kept having tantrums. No, I, I think it's probably just that. So uh, that is true. And then the movie actually ends with her missing. It begins with her missing after mm -hmm. this. After this little intro, he drives right. to the bar. That's right. You go straight to the bar. You're introduced you, to go. The bar is called the bar. The, the bar, bar is called, called the, the bar. bar. They should franchise it. And Nick has a twin sister called Go. Played AKA by Margo. the great Carrie yes. Coon. She's so good in this movie. She is so good. We were talking about this, um, Esther, you and I. What was there much Carrie Coon? Like what what where where was she? This I is her knew first her. Film. I knew her yeah. from um Leftovers was, is the same year. And I knew her from her uh from the revival of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Right. Um, which she was in with her husband, Tracy Letts. Right. Uh, and I feel like she was mostly doing like the Chicago stuff. theater. She was a Steppenwolf gal, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Right. And this she had done tons of theater. Yeah. Yeah. But this performance kind of like lands her with a lightning bolt. Yeah. I mean, this, I guess, plus leftovers, she's so good in this goddamn movie. Yes. The only Should reason have been nominated. The only reason she can't get nominated is there's a better female supporting performance, maybe. In this film from Kim Dickens? Yeah. Kimmy D. Who I adore in this, this film. I mean, I like her generally. This movie should have had three supporting nominations. Maybe four? Who's the fourth? Tyler Perry. Tyler's well, three Tyler's three. Tyler's that's, a lock. That's a lock. That's should... a lock. Lock does hell. Yes. <laughs> I think Neil Patrick Harris is very good he's in this so film. Good. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I know there's only five slots and it's probably no space, well, but he's, like... he's very good. You keep very watching, well used. I don't yeah, know if no. it's jumping ahead too much, but you keep watching this movie and thinking like she's not dead and she faked it. Sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. You were thinking that because you were smart and you got it. She didn't <laughs> trick you for a second. <laughs> thinking that, you know, in addition to Pike and Affleck, mm -hmm. there is like just just such interesting casting across the board. Like the the Tyler Perry, Neil Patrick Harris casting. Emily Ratajkowski. Emma. Emrata. Well, Emrata. We could talk about that. Um, no, I, I all respect to Emrata. I was not talking about her, if I'm being honest. I was talking about mostly like Tyler and Neil Patrick Harris, two people who you sort of don't expect to show up in a movie like this. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And they have very established on screen brands. Brands at that point. and yeah. playing against in just like playing these strange characters and being so perfect in it. Um, the reason I bring up Emrata is that like, I don't know if you folks remember this, but when the casting announcements were being made for this movie, every time someone new got added, it was like, is he just fucking pulling names out of People magazine? Right. Like, right, right. These is, feel yeah. like is this some weird ploy by him to like get the budget up or Odd whatever? choices, but also people who are like very in the zeitgeist very at that moment for right one now. reason or right. another. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The other one, Casey Wilson. 
Yes. Love Casey Wilson. Casey Wilson yes. is so, it's like you just don't expect Casey Wilson to be no. like in this movie in that role. And no, she's like, so good. Pike, Dickens, like those feel like obvious Fincher casting decisions. And then you're like Affleck, I would Paris, also say, like, Perry. Celia Ward is like so perfectly yes. used or something like yes. that. Missy, yeah. Pyle. Missy Pyle. Missy Pyle is perfect. Right. Yeah. Uh, Scoop McNary. Well, this is the period of time where Affleck would bring Scoot along. To well, almost he every wouldn't day. bring him along. He'd scoot him along. He'd scoot he would hear a chair going, <laughs> like, who's that? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, man, Carrie. So I, I'm looking at my ballot. I have Affleck, Pike, mm -hmm. Perry, and Dickens. And I'm like, do I need to put Coon in here, too? Coon is so I good put in Coon this. In over because Dickens, I think, like, yeah. I mean, the. The transformation that she goes from just being sort of like your like fun loving sister to just like I'm utterly horrified by you. I wouldn't call her fun loving, but she's definitely like, you know, kind of wry and witty. In yeah, the right I mean, way. I think she's like, yeah. but she's sort of like his like they've she's had this relationship. Sounding board. They have yeah. like a fun relationship. So here's my big take from this rewatch. I hadn't okay, seen this movie go. in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they they make the joke later in the film when Affleck's at the airport putting the hat on, the twin cest joke, right? I may have floated this exactly. Yeah, he floated this yesterday. to me. What what's your version? No, you, I want to hear, hear no, I hear it the same way as I do. I want to hear yours. I think crucially, Carrie Coon is playing the cool girl in this movie. Oh, that's oh, that's actually interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, I, right? you know, in a way, like sure. that is the vibe yeah. when you give the cool girl monologue, but you we, realize like. What Affleck wants is someone he can talk to like his sister, yeah. but fuck, right? Right. And I mean, part of the conflict is, and it's this whole thing of everyone trying not, to. But she's not. She's the cool girl, but without the sort of fuckability aspect. This of is the, the cool thing, girl. right? Like, she's not that Carrie cool, Coon isn't incredibly no, Carrie beautiful, Coon, but she's playing. But they make her mousy. Yeah, 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 they give yeah. her those horrible glasses. Right. Like, you know, it feels like a deliberate stylistic yeah. choice. I'm putting her in. Good. It feels like a deliberate stylistic choice. And I also think it's interesting that, like, her love life is never even hinted I was about at to say, yeah. In this movie, that's right? That's sort of... They, I mean, they don't have space for it, obviously, anyway. Yeah. But, yes. yes, that she's kind of, like, this appendage of his, She's right. also way. a little queer-coded. Totally. A little, a little but you bit, don't make yeah. any yeah. direct reference know. to we that. Know, right. She never talks about any kind of ex. Like, there's never an offhand joke about no. anything. And it is this feeling of, like... Because Amy is this person, everyone She'll she meets... She'll drink with him at, you know, it's 10 in the morning. Right. It was Amy just like the first like scene of the movie. constantly trying to, like, be crafted by everyone around her of, like, God, you look so amazing. If you could also do this, She's if you could five. also be this and look like this on top of it, right? It's a good five. And, okay, who's who's your five now? Anne Hathaway and Interstellar, Emily Blunt and Edge of Tomorrow, Kim and Carrie from Gone Girl and Elizabeth Moss and Lisa Phillips. a lead performance. We disagree on this. She's like not in most of that movie. She's in a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, she's, she's the female lead of the film. Yeah, she's the female supporting actor. She's the female lead of the movie. All right, well, and she wouldn't be a winner if in, in uh, Best Actress. So. But you give her the win in supporting? I do. Mm, that's a coward's move. It's not. She's the supporting actor. Who do you give the win in Actress? Marion Cotillard. Mm. Incredible performance. And that's a great five. Gugum Ron Beyond the Lights. Well, yeah, that's Pike my winner. Yeah. In Gone Girl, Cotillard, Essie Davis in The Babadook, and Reese and Wild. And I fucking God. love Reese and Wild. Yeah. Like she's Baba Duke's that same year too. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, that's wild. And then you know, where's the Baba Duke at? I don't know. He signed a four <laughs> picture deal, and he never made anything. My point I was making is that yes, like the not just that she's drinking with him at ten o'clock in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Not just that she can like hang and play a board game with him and be ca casual and cool, but like 
their dialogue being like so rat-a-tat back and forth. Yeah, slap him with your penis, you know, like it's also kind of like transgressive. But like. mir mirrored with when you see the diary entry of the meet cute between Nick and Amy, where they similarly have this like gatling gun, clever, really like cynical sort of back and forth. It's like, that's what turns him on. And if he could find someone who fits his physical ideal of what he finds sexually attractive and behaviorally she matches this. I think this, this is a great tip. And anytime yeah. they talk about the tension between the two of them, between Margot and Amy, it does feel like it's like the unspoken part of this must be that Amy resents that Margot is naturally what she has to work to try to be for him. That was my, my take was, does yeah. Affleck have better chemistry with Kuhn in this movie of course. than with Pike? I right. mean, yeah, but and you, and you had mentioned right. the, the moment where she th throws, uh, the, throws gummy the gummy bear in his mouth. mouth and he catches it as like... Yes, that's kind of close to But like, I think sexual. Amy knows like, that is like, yeah. he, she, he wants a version of Margot that he can fuck and that he wants to fuck. Well, I mean, they, they're really, the Scrimshaw joke, I'm, I'm, you know, in their meet cute, very funny. Yeah. What did she say? She's a minor feudal lord or something, yeah. a warlord or that something whole, like that. That like, whole thing's very cute. Uh, uh, what, what's the she's term? She's got a stripey top that feels right out of fucking 2005 or whatever. I think what? he called it um, a studied effervescence. Oh, that's clever. That's the thing. I think Pike sometimes bothers me because it's such a studied performance down to the accent. Mm -hmm. Where I'm, but like it, it works so well for Amy, where yes. you're like, Amy's kind of full of shit. Like, right. Like, who is the real Amy? We don't know because she's always kind of doing a bit of a performance. Well, and like this part of the movie, when we're seeing her diary entries like played out on the screen, it it's feels her like. version of it, right? Of course. Yeah. And Fincher's filmmaking feels a little disingenuous, right? It feels a little like sarcastic. The uh, the score, like during the romantic so section, oh, it's so good, feels cynical. Do, 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 do. The sugar storm, which yeah, uh, you know, first time seeing this, I trust Fincher, not knowing the twist of the book, but I'm like, there has to be a reason these scenes all feel so odd. I mean, I, I don't know if I go so far as odd, but I know what you mean in terms of like a little too cute, yes, for him. Um. I've seen this movie so many times. Wow. Yeah, they, well, they are so, so precious in the the sequences where, yes. you know, even the proposal. Um, it was funny because I've seen this movie so many times, but as I said, Them I have both watched... both having the sheets, you know, that, yeah. that scene, yes. yeah. Um, I, uh, them fucking in the library where it's sort of like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, like we both want to fuck each other at this Him exact moment. mid-cunnilingus. Yes. To well, say she, he really likes her or whatever. It's no, she pauses him to right, say. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which is a kind thing to do. I think you're right. Both sides of it. <laughs> Two kind things happening. I, DJ Khaled changes the channel. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just pussy in this movie. I'm out. Sorry, what? Shit should be rated I, like, X. I hadn't watched <laughs> the beginning in a while. I've watched this movie so many times. Yeah. And I, because of I having understand. cable, I put it on and. There's something so, like, unnerving about the cut to blacks um, in the in the movie that, like, he literally fades in and out. Yes, like, you are going, black, you yeah. there are, like, beats of black in yes. between these, which make them feel very much like, you know you're seeing memory in a way. You don't right. know, you know this is not pure flashback. 
you know, this is some sort of memory, but you're not, but at the beginning, you're not sure who's or what we're There's seeing. a forced disconnect, as you said, yeah. like the, the sort of black in between these fade-ins, fade-outs last, like they linger like a second too long. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's not like, it's not typical where it's just, where it's sort of, they flow into, it's like it is a pause. Yes. And you know that it's her diary, but there's something off about it. There's a deliberate falseness they feel very written yeah and the and the sequences feel a little like you know you hear so much about fincher developing these projects and being like cut that line out that's too cute you don't need to say that i don't want to hit the emotion that hard button is dinged for being a movie that like avoids all of these scenes where like the cuteness of the early nick and amy stuff you're like if he actually wanted to sell this being romantic this is not how he would do it so the style of this is dictated by this is the story that she's telling, which yeah. is kind of written yeah. like yes, which is a little an airport too, romance novel, and it's and it's a little too good, much yeah. like Kim Dickens is later like too much evidence in this house, right. right? Like it's like this is too easy, you know what's what's wrong it's with this picture? Uh, we haven't mentioned Patrick Fugit, of course, as well. Oh, I, you know, love love, love, just, I, I think he's good in this movie, but it's also just. Really nice to see him. Yeah. Just really nice well, to see is, him. The, this and We Bought a Zoo, I was like, is Fugit coming back? Well, those movies are three years apart. So that's a slow comeback. I was holding tight <laughs> for those three years. <laughs> that's not exactly a sort of like barreling down with momentum. I held my breath. I think both of those are movies months. where you're like, Patrick, just have nice to see you. Pop up and shit all the time. I feel like he did a star show for like three seasons or something. And now he's disappeared again? No, he, he was in Love Outcast and Death. Outcast and then the Love Out and Death. Right. Yeah, which is the... The um, Elizabeth Olsen uh, HBO oh, I True Crime. I completely forgot that that happened. How could you... How could you forget? Another example of the thing we were talking about earlier. So, Nick, you know, his wife's missing. Uh, he goes back home. Mm. He goes off to think about his marriage and goes to the bar and all that. Right. Uh, comes back home. There's been a break-in, right? Mm -hmm. Where's his wife? And then in comes Kimmy. Dickens and Patrick Fugit, and they're just looking around. She's putting post-its everywhere. I really like that. Yes. And it feels like, like the I kind feel of like thing the second post-it you notice, you see like a tiny speck. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's so goddamn gripping. We learned about Amazing Amy. Uh, we learned about her mean parents. I think the book has a lot more of her parents in my mind. Yeah, memory. and I think it has a lot and more about, like... And it has his parents much more, too. And his mom's a part of the book. Yeah. Mm. Like, you, there's flashbacks to his sure. dying mom and stuff. And the I think there's also more about, um, like, Amazing Amy, too. The yeah. the chil children's Can book. Can I just say it? Yeah. Amazing Amy sucks. I would never buy Amazing Amy books. You have the Blu-ray? I do. Yes, I have. I have that. Yes, amazing yes. Amy Tattletale. Yes, which is they very made, funny. and it's like a full like. It's a full kids book. It's, 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 a little, it's a little arch. It's arch, and it's very much like they wrote an amazing Amy that mirrors the movie. I don't know if that's Forky about Junior, her, like yeah, would, covering would enjoy up it. a crime, basically. But it's like, what the? I'm supposed to read some book about like a girl who's really good at everything. Sounds lame. I want a book about like a dinosaur who wears pants or something. Yeah, that's it. No, <laughs> David, David, have you pitched that to anyone? <laughs> Shit. My phone is buzzing. Tyrannosaurus slacks? And it's S-L-A-X? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to steal that. I'm just writing something else down. Just David? <laughs> what? What's up? 
Um, you know, do you guys think Amazing Amy sounds good? No, I was no. thinking this, reading this, of like, this is a funny artifact, but I don't think any kid would like this. It's just funny, you know, Kim Dickens no, is like, I love little, Amazing Amy. We You're want, like, right. Our, our children's heroes to be little stinkers. You like, like Eloise. Eloise, Eloise and fucks with shit. Ramona. That's, Eloise is the and, perfect example that I think they're, they think they're, they have an Eloise. Well, the whole point is Eloise is, is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? You know, these, these are our heroines. Yeah. Punky Brewster. She wears two different shoes. I well, realize I mean, she's a TV character. She's, she's crazy. Let's be very clear. <laughs> she's actually out of control. She's actually... She is out... Her behavior she is outrageous. She brought to heel. Uh, I love the first... Inter- like, the whole true... Like, this movie, obviously, is, like, in the true crime world, even though if it's about a fake true crime, yeah. right? But it's about the kind of true crime people would become obsessed with. Mm-hmm. It feels also very, in some ways, prescient of, like... Fincher prescient? No, I know. No, no, you're totally right. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's so on the money. Even though like the Missy Pyle sort of Nancy Grace, like those are kind of artifacts. Those are more 90s yeah. sure. characters. Obviously these are from the book. But the medium changes. I mean, it's like the style of it changes. But the Yeah, thing, I mean, if, the, if it exists. was made now, the Missy Pyle character would be like a fun fucking podcast. She's a fucking um, but that first interview Dickens does with Affleck, and yeah. where it's like very informal. Yes. And he's at, she's just like, you know, what's your wife's blood type? And he's like, I don't know. And she's kind of giving him shit for it. Feels like the first chapter of a podcast. Yes. About this shit where right. it's like, you know, he was sort of off but from I the beginning. Love that and then bit. he leaves and Patrick yes. like, should I know my wife's blood type? And she's like, no, no one knows of blood types. Yeah. I don't know my blood type. I don't, I don't know, know my blood, blood type. 100%. Yeah. Do you know your blood type? Yeah, exactly. but that's like what makes her a good fucking detective is she yeah. asks the question and it's like she's putting how him off balance, right? You exactly get about that, right? Tells you more than whether or not you actually know the blood type. Why I love this performance, mm-hmm. I've already sort of said I love it, but like, right? Every line reading feels so authentic. She this should be taught in line reading school. That's a school, right? Yeah. Um, and like you said, like she just like she just feels like a very competent practical investigator of crime but she seems even better at trying to understand his personality like yeah. and people's personalities right like th- th- if this is the guy like should i be how how much is he lying to me like as well, a human lie detector she seems really good and the affleck question of like is this guy guilty or do i just kind of not like him right this is the what i think the eternal yeah this is the thing that so i don't think question. is the same if it's john ham because, yeah. like, Mad Men is a show that runs for years based off of this guy behaving poorly, and you're like, why do I still kind of like him? Yes, but the other thing with Don Draper, and I'm deep in my Mad Men rewatches, yeah. is he is unknowable. Yes. And, like, then, of course, once a season, he'll, like, you know, go, like, the farm, and you're like, oh, Don, I love you again. I'm so sorry I was ever mad at you. But, but it, like, yes. he's, you know, still waters run so deep. In the same way as the Rosamond versus Reese thing, like, Ham would be affecting a thing that just exists on the surface of Affleck. We, we, we it, but in Fincher's hands, you never know. He'd That's give my a good whole performance. Thing. He'd probably yeah. be good. Yeah. Affleck's so incredible. Perfect balance of like tired, frustrated. Yes. Kind of nonchalant. Clearly is still kind of like, I mean, what could be wrong, right? Well, and there's also like, I mean, there's and that Margaret's moment like, where she's go- so Amy's so dramatic. Like this yeah, is some right. fucking. But there's bullshit. also this moment, like it's like when they do the press conference, he, he you know, she's like, Margot's like, 
Look like you don't like like, like you hadn't like you've been up all night. Like you, right. like you haven't slept. Right. This, Even though he clearly like fell asleep. This and it was like that probably is everyone knows which, complicated is code for bitch. Right. Yeah. This you know, way in which like, he's an idiot, where he just like doesn't. It takes him so long, so much of the running time of the movie to start thinking about the way things he does read. Right. He has that first press conference with her parents where he comes off like a doofus yes. and they take and the, he and he smiles, smiles cause he can't help right. himself. He just someone, thinks that's what he should so, do. Well, someone yells at him smile right. and he's just like, eh, and he smiles and he's like, and then you're just, <laughs> and he realizes instantly what a stupid fucking thing that was. Well, and his attitude right. is like, I know I'm innocent, so I'll be fine because I'm not going to get a innocent. lawyer. Like, and he's not considering that he's been gone girls. Right. Like, even as clearly, he understands that Amy is a complicated individual. Yeah. But he only, by the time he starts getting the riddles from her. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, this is some weird game. Does he start to think, like, is this like a gone girl situation? To be fair, <laughs> she didn't give him the tip off the way that Bob's ex-girlfriend did. Like, I don't yeah. think there was a dinner where Amy said, just so you know, I'm thinking someday I might gone girl you. And he was like, what does that mean? I have no frame of reference. <laughs> that has not been turned into a verb yet. I've got the, yeah, and then we have flashbacks to bad times. Bad times. In, right. Uh, their, mm -hmm. you know, the recession. Much a recession. His movie. Xbox addiction. Crippling. Crippling. The we detail of, right, I feel like there's a hard cut. There's a really funny cut that maybe goes from the scene where they're on like sort of the daybed in the Brooklyn Brownstone that she bought mm -hmm. with her trust fund from the book. Right. We, and we learn, of course, right, that her parents kind of raided the trust fund as well. Right. And right, then she yeah. handed over more money to them. Right. right. And, like, what are we going to do? And he starts to, like, flip out about, like, our lifestyle and then sort of says, you know, his version of, like, as long as we're together, I'm happy. We can make whatever work. And then I think there's the hard cut to him on the couch. Yeah. Right. Surrounded playing by light Xbox. beer and Chinese takeout playing Xbox. Um, like, this it's guy's Natty entire... Light. It's specifically Natty Light. And he even calls out in that or conversation. Natty if you're drinking Natty Ice, Ice it's ooh. not good. Tough situation. Yeah. You're not like, doing and good. And you're not 19 years old. To be right. right. If you're 19 years old, you're doing great. High I feel five. like Natty yeah. Ice is <laughs> also... Funnel a beer for me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Natty Ice is also his beer in the way back. Like, that might be an yeah. Affleck detail. No, 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 yeah. Oh, wait, fuck. What is his beer in the way I mean, back? Sorry, the thing in the way back that is so haunting. The shower beers? Well, no, the freezer. Oh, he yes. He takes one out of the fridge. Yes. Puts it in, like, puts in the, it in yeah, the freezer. Yeah, he takes them out of the, yeah, to the freezer for a little extra. For a little extra. It's and then as soon as cutlers. he takes it out of the freezer, he, he puts, puts another, another one in. in. Yeah. And it is. It is haunting. I think it might be a it's fake. It's so beer. real. My guess is that no real real beer company wants to be associated with movies about people who drink beers in the shower. That's a good point. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that the freezer thing in the way back is so I know it's haunting. Great. Like yes. it is yeah. so haunting. That movie I think rolls. it's cool. I yeah. think it's I think it's cool, cool and do. good. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what I started doing. Um, it's like great tip. I watched this movie about drinking. Hey. It was just like a wait how to drink. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Just even in that scene where she tells him about the the money, mm -hmm. he calls out like, so what? You hand them the money. You know, like the state of media. I lose my job. You lose your job. Like he's like presaging like this whole thing might fall apart very quickly. And she is sort of like, well, it's their money. Yes. 
which is sort of like technically true. They wrote the books. But, but also, there's this kind of undercurrent of like, but it's sort of me. It's like, like they, reparations they made money. Me, right. They right. made me into this creature. This right. like, You're kind you know, of owed this money girl. because of the psychological damage this is going to cause for Her the entirety of your life. Like, obviously suck. Like, they're so annoying. They Very well ass. cast, whoever yeah. they are. At uh, least Lisa Baines and some oh, other Lisa guy. Lisa Baines, um, actually. Uh, David Clennon. He's from uh, The Thing. Yeah, he's different. Lisa Baines, he's Lisa Baines yeah. just sorry, uh, tragically died recently. Oh my really? God, I'm so sorry, Lisa. Baines. No, no, no. She, she died was, two years ago. She was. It was. It was the famous thing. She was the one of the. She was hit. She was hit, hit by, by a scooter. A scooter. In the airport side. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, that yes. was crazy. Yes. And he was like sentenced to prison because he like ran a light. Yeah, he. Yeah. It was a hit and run. She was crossing the street. She was like working at Juilliard, and she was like crossing. the well, street. Well, she's very good in this film yes. playing someone a waspy person who kind of sucks and yeah. says like this place smells like feces of Fincher Missouri. said he she was cast because of that line reading. yeah she, she did she, that scene she, or she crushes it <laughs> and he said the way she delivered that line I wanted that in my movie now 40 you have Kathleen Rose Perkins showing up as the lady who takes a selfie with him and he's like hey wait Freedom delete line. that yeah, yeah uh, she's really funny 45 minutes in he goes home Emrata is there <laughs> really good twist well, you get the, he has the text, he has the from text. the unlisted number yeah. that says, I'm outside. And he's like looking around as if someone's going to attack him. And at this point, if you haven't read the book, you're watching the movie for the first time. I'm like, is this the moment that you find out he's guilty? And here's a conspirator who's going to come and under like 100%. the cover of night. You're, it's good, important to remember how on our seat, uh, like, you know, on the edge yeah. of our seats we were. Yeah. yeah. And then it's her, and you're like, "It's funny because oh, I he wasn't. is a piece of, He's shit. A piece of yeah. shit." But then you're right back to like, "But does that mean he killed her?" Right? Yeah. You know, which is the whole tension of the movie, right? Yeah. But you're like, yeah. "That's why he seems guilty because he does suck, but he's not a murderer." And there is the look. I mean, there's rumors that Affleck demanded her casting, right? Which I think are maybe made up. People love to make up rumors about men. Fincher at least credits him with suggesting her. <laughs> I will say that. And there is the he said undeniable he tension cast. of Affleck clearly as someone who yes. has perhaps strayed outside of his marriage in life. Who knows? Uh-huh. Uh, and certainly, like, the, the scene that always gets me is when he says, like, she's a really good person, like, way later. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> like, stop trying to justify sleeping with a student. It's so lame. I, when he says early 20s and Margot just says, so she's 20. At some really later yeah. point, right? Yeah. Really good line. It's like, I know exactly what you're saying, you fucking asshole. I want everyone to answer this question. Yeah. Does he deserve to get gone, girl, simply for the fact that he dated Emirato, that, you know, cheated on his wife with with her? Yeah. Like, it's like one thing, yeah. and he's cheating on her with another person their age, like a, yes. a peer. I mean, no. He fell in love. Such no, a he piece did, of shit. He did the deplorable, basic ass thing, like, now I'm sleeping with a student who's like half my age. Right. Does he deserve to get great? Great exchange where she says, like, Jesus Christ, I thought writers hated cliches. And he goes, I'm not a writer anymore. And she goes, like, is this about you fucking losing your job? Right. It's such a, like, obvious crisis move. Um, but this is also where I think the erotic casting... Fucks, sorry, he fucks her in Ghost His house. wife is yes. missing. His yes. wife is missing. <laughs> he, he has sex with his, his mistress. his sister's house. That's the moment. Right. And he they have sex, and you're just like... Stop it, you dumb, dumb, dumb dummy. I think he retroactively deserves to be gone, girl, the moment he fucks her after You think that's actually... Gone. Do you think he deserves to be no. gone, girl? All right, all right, all right. You're right. You're probably right. The thing Fincher said... Even though he bought her a disposable phone to text him on? And he buys her all gifts and cash? 
<laughs> yep, I'm, yep. I'm really str- struggling here and <laughs> how to be careful yeah, answering no, these questions. Uh, you're right. He probably doesn't get to get framed for murder. Should anyone be gone, girl? Of course, that's the great moral question <laughs> of our time. I like I like treating uh, being gone, girl, like it's the death penalty. Like that should, should that even be a recourse? Then of course we see scenes. Okay. You have a thing to say? I do. Oh, I'm sorry. I do, in fact, have a thing to oh, say. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, in the commentary, uh-huh. uh, uh, he's talking, he says, I didn't know who to cast for this part. And Affleck goes like, well, you should watch this music video. This is who we should get. But there is some... <laughs> Text from Affleck, blurred lines. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting. <laughs> she seems the lines have, get blurred. Yeah, and she seems to have like a good co- command of herself on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, she, she's, she's fine in the dialogue movie. She's, she's, I think she's quite good in the film. Yeah, she's... Um, also, I, I like her. But the meta casting <laughs> of it being like, at the moment this film is being made, she's sort of the obvious like, oh, that's like the girl from the poster. That's she, the guy that every young dude is using a shorthand for like, I'd give my left nut to fuck Elmerata. <laughs> Kate Upton or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know the, the, the most uh, sort of... The hottest model of the year or the whatever. The obvious shorthand yeah. person. And Fincher said, and this shows like such a, it's why this movie plays so well. But like he is so smart psychologically understanding the way the audience as a group is going to respond to things. And he said that casting had to be someone who just cut through the audience a straight line like a saber. Because every woman in the audience, when she's the reveal of who shows up, is, is like, going to go ew, fuck you. Right. I can't him. believe this. Right. Yeah. Yes. What a cliche. And, like, and every guy is going to lean forward and stroke their chin and go, this is a dumb move, but I kind of get. <laughs> I understand. Someone Fincher's... like that would be in Missouri. I mean, geez. Like, but you it's, know, it's that it's thing of the country. Like, I mean, but someone looked like. I, ah, I think most, not to be crass, but like most guys in the audience are just going like. Oh boy. Okay. Don't fuck her now. Don't fuck her on Margot's couch when you're already under suspicion. And then she takes her top off and you're like, I don't know if I could resist. I actually don't know if in that moment, I, I don't want to admit to my weakness. No, no, no. You're, I mean, Fincher, of course, right. His ultimate diagnosis is we're all like perverts and liars. Right. right. And he's like, yeah, you would all, you, you, you don't think you're better than him or a little bit. Yes. Right. It's yeah. easy to say you wouldn't. Yes. I, I still probably would. I'd be quite, I think I'd be really stressed out in that moment. I'd be so stressed out. I'd be just a Margo's little stressed in out. in the next room. Yeah. Well, no, her their relationship I don't want to touch. Like God knows they've heard a lot of things. But like the, I don't know about the that. The following morning, just, his wife is missing. The following know? morning, he like ushers her out, and Affleck has this great like millisecond moment of like I I fucking did it. I nailed it. Yeah. I actually yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's outside. No one's pulled seeing it, it off. Right. And then the camera swings over. You see Margot in the background just being you fucking colossal yes. piece of shit. I've been like defending just because he's a regular piece of shit though doesn't it mean he's a murderous piece of shit that's well but that's we're cutting right from that to the next entries in her diary yes. in in uh in Amy's diary which are suddenly lurid it's yes. him pushing her against the banister it's her going to the weird abandoned mall filled with like vagrants and criminals where she buys a gun yes and you're watching this and you're like okay like I guess but you're also again you're kind of like this feels neat. Right. You know, this feels kind of invented, which it is, yes. you know. And my read on it, by the but way. But you're also more likely to believe it because you've just seen him fuck Emrod. <laughs> yeah, you are, yes. You are definitely not like, this guy's innocent as hell. My yeah. my read is that the staircase fight happens and her embellishment is the push. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels yeah. very clear that he's Their marriage like, is not happy. Like, no, yeah, but I also right. think the specifics of that fight, there's something to like, the dynamics are so interesting where he's like, 
playing the game of like, I'm going out with friends. It's going to be so boring. You don't want to come. You know, like right. you could if you wanted to. He's giving himself the brownie points for like being considerate and asking about her day. I think he's leaving to go fuck Emrata, right? right? Like that's why sure. he's trying to sure. throw her right. off. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he's she like knows really trying to up. play the like good guy. And the second she needles him like an inch, he's doing the like, we're really going to fight about this now? And she's like, I'm not fighting. I asked you a question. And he's like, I don't have time for this. He's so worked up. The shit he says about the baby is so out of line. Where she's just like, I, I could use this right now. I need something to give me some sense of identity. And his response is, having a baby isn't a hobby. He's so inconsiderate to the fact that it's just like, right, she has no sense of self anymore. No, he's, and and I love that their house, while like technically nice. Yes. It has many rooms. Yes. They it has room like amenities. The they sure do. Is like clearly this kind of like soulless McMansion-y like yes. thing that has no character whatsoever to it. They yeah. moved there for his mom. Right. His mom still died. Right. When he, Kim Dickens asks if his she dad, has any but friends. his dad is like suffering, so they haven't left. And obviously the recession. Right. His know, dad's in a home, a bar and, right, but yeah. has like seemingly late yeah. stage dementia. Right. Um, his dad, who Margot says also cheated on their mom a bunch. She says, you're just like dad. Yes. Right. Um, but when Kim Dickens asks if she has any friends, he's like, well, she was very close with my mom. Sounds cool. Yeah. And then that person uh, yes, died. We should be you're right. We should be sympathetic to, to Amy. And throughout all Except of this, that she like, Casey yes. Wilson is coming up being like... I'm her friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm her friend. What does he call it? Befriend a local idiot? What is, <laughs> yeah. like, what, what is, what is her yeah, line? I, I think it's like, befriend a local idiot. It's so masterful in where it, like, swings the audience allegiance. And that's one of those things where you're, like, really starting to feel bad for the sadness of her life. Right. And then when she immediately reveals, like, I fucking worked this dumb lady next door for my own advantage, you're like, so you're kind of an asshole, too. Like, it's it's the beauty of this movie is just, like, she definitely they do deserve each other in She this thinks way. she's better than everybody. Yes. Or has some, It's not know. just a projection. Right, she's amazing, Amy. She is amazing. Another Kim Dickens scene I love right after all this is when she's with Fugit and he's like, why haven't we arrested him? She's like, I'm conducting an investigation. And he's like, do you have like a crush? And she's like, don't ever talk to me that way again. Yeah. <laughs> like very quietly, not in an angry way. Yes. But she has total control the whole time until the end of the movie. You know, mm -hmm. when, you know, she knows something is up, but there's nothing she can do anymore. Then we have the candlelight vigil, Casey Wilson yelling at him. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, Saying that she's pregnant. Saying that, did you know she was pregnant? Then we have Kim Dickens being like, let me walk you through your house. Blood here. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you you seemingly unaware of all this, but like, you know, the lab test results came back. She was pregnant. Like, well, you know. He's also, at this point, already started to become like a media uh, yeah, object. Right. The, the TV's obsessed Because with of him. the selfie with the Frito Pie lady. So when he does the speech at the candlelight vigil, it's the first time where he's like, I actually need to sell this. I need to perform this. And he's doing an okay job until Casey Wilson calls him out. And now it's like, he's completely lost control of the narrative. The whole thing's spinning out of control. You and Kim Dickens is presenting to him, by the way, here's how neatly like, so much of this lines up. All her blood is here. Oh, right. you know, and like, and that whole line she has about like kidnapping makes us think about people outside the house. Murder, you know, blood yeah. inside the house. She finds the mallet in the furnace. Yes. He finds the Fire shed. Fire doesn't get rid of blood. Right. He yeah. finds the shed with the um the gifts in it. We haven't even mentioned the whole birthday scavenger hunt clue thing. Which, which is how this is all unfolding. Resents. Right. Like everyone talks about like this too. annoying thing I have to do every fucking year. 
that to most people feels like the thing that like couples do on Instagram where you're like, get the fuck over it. This is like so work obnoxious. you're doing to look charming to everyone yeah. else. To be fair, Esther and Bob do a massive treasure hunt across the five boroughs every year. So, you know, we shouldn't be. I'm, they're right, badly Esther? in love and they're going to gone girl each other. Uh, but just the that you're feeling like, oh God, this I, I can't keep track of all of this now. Like I'm starting to lose yes. like focus on whether he's guilty or not, or what are all the evidence says. He opens the shed, black, cut to Amy. Boom. One yeah. hour in. One hour in. Yeah. Emily Emrata comes in around 45 minutes. Amy is an hour and five. And, yeah. Yeah. Fincher said the hardest part of making this movie in in many ways was like going to Fox and being like the marketing of this film in every way has to be centered only around the first 45 right, minutes. Right, only of the movie. around where is she? Right. She's gone, girl. Right. You and don't know what you got till it's gone, yes. girl. He said the only shot that he allowed it, uh, he allowed to be included in any of the press past the 45-minute mark. Close up on Neil Patrick Harris's bloody penis. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. He's like, I, you can use this shot. Yeah. You know what? You don't want to? You don't want to? It's from the late in the film. I could make it for a good one, Chief. <laughs> Character poster. <laughs> what did he allow? Uh, the the imagined shot of her dead body underwater. Yes, which is crucial to the right. trailer. And yeah. when that shot's in the trailer, you're like, are they spoiling the movie? But he's like, I want the audience to go in thinking that there is, in fact, a dead body. So the question becomes, did this guy kill her or not? So that the deflection is, you have been thinking about, is she possibly still alive? And then the fact that the introduction is, my life's gotten so much better since I died. I mean, and also it's just that movement to the shed. Yeah. You know, him realizing it, the score going like wild. Um, Reznor and Ross just sort of wiling out. Yeah. And then and then that cut. I mean, I don't know. It's funny because I I had read the book. So I was coming into it with less like with like just such this anticipation of how are how they, they going right. to do Because the book has this. the same concept of like it's it's his and it's part his two. diary. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's his narration. Then her diary. Diary. His and then you know and then here's Amy for real. Here's yeah. Amy for real. No, cut to her in the car is the moment where I'm like hoot and holler and I'm like okay, I know why Fincher did this movie. I'm locked in. I yeah. don't know where this is going, but I get why this is more than just what I thought this film was from the logline. And she first has her little monologue on, you know, thing, how she did it mm -hmm. and things like, you know, befriend a pregnant idiot, ply her yeah. with lemonade, steal her urine, things like that. But all, but then right after that is the cool girl monologue. It like, ble it bleeds yeah. into motive, right? First, yeah. it's like, Throwing here's why I did it. Out here's, of the window, here's how like... I did it. And then here's why I did it. Yeah. Right. He said um, the main reason he cast Casey Wilson is that, like, most of her performance is in this sort of montage stuff. Right, right And right. they weren't going to write dialogue scenes and Casey Wilson could improvise them. Right. And he would, like, roll for 30 minutes on the two of them having girl talk. And he was just like, even if it's silent. Give me the B-roll. I want to yeah. see that. He's like, the body language of what they're doing, she sold so well. And I knew she could, like, basically generate the material. Right. Yeah. That sounds fun. Just... Rosamond and Casey, yes, girl talking, they're pretty different. Like, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see how those two interact. The thing he called out was like, they'd have these conversations where like Casey is really dialed in comedically and Rosamond's getting very emotional and like breaks down and starts crying. And Casey Wilson would punctuate it by like repouring the wine glass. Right, 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 right. That's good. Yeah. She can only drink lemonade though. She's pregnant. That's true. Um, cool girl monologue. What do we, this is very crucial. To the culture. I know it's in the book. It's in the book. 
I, I have to say, rewatching I'm a point that I wanted to make, which mm-hmm. is that so much followed in this footsteps and there was so much hullabaloo about the cool girl monologue and just sort of about this like 2014 feminism. Mm-hmm. And the Fierce cool place. girl monologue is, it, is so fascinating because it's written, it does have this element of truth, but it's also obviously written from the perspective of a crazy person. Yes. Which is amazing. But so but so many people took this as sort of this is worth gospel. pointing out. Yeah. Sure. I also think it is it is sort of about a type that's a little dated at this point. But you know, at the moment well, it felt more relevant. In the, yeah. in the moment it felt very relevant. I mean, honestly, Emrata felt like a very, you know, her at that time. And honestly, like as she has gone on since then, has very much combated that right. mm-hmm. too. The, like I, you know, I'm one of the boys, but yeah, also but it's I'm like, this I'm like also, beautiful yeah, sex I'm, object. Yeah. Sure, I'm. You know, I'm posting pictures of myself topless all the time, but I'm also, you know, it it felt both revelatory at the time, but I think it's like so important to remember context. She's, but yeah. I do think there's something to her her woundedness of like, I did fucking everything right. right. I'm the I was the best. But I yeah. think the other thing... And then I, he fucking t- throws me over for some, like, younger model. Like, how dare he? Like, you're like bouncier. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think the other thing that is... It's going to sound weird because it's so fucked up. But, like, since then, there have been so many sort of attempts at, like, sort of subversive feminist mm-hmm. work that this, like, that feels trying to speak to a specific moment. What are you thinking of? Drag them. I'm not even, I mean, like, honestly, like, I am a defender of this movie, but like Promising Young Woman, like, you know, I am a somebody who likes that wow, movie. both her movies have come up on this podcast? Yeah. David's making a face that I won't describe. <laughs> I like, <laughs> Wait, I, that makes it sound I more, I'm, like, I'm making a grimace. I no, but I, 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 I did. So he's making more of a hamburger. Like <laughs> what did you say? A hamburger face. David says Grimace and said Hamburglar. Um, probably the best joke I've made in 15 years. Oh, get out of here. You're kidding me. You do two of those um, a week. But what I was going to say was like, any even in its fucked upness, it's sort of like, it feels like Gone Girl sort of latched on to a, was sort of organically spoke to a moment rather than latching on to a moment and therefore feels sort of timeless in its commentary on like, men and women dynamics and you know the the sort of cool girl feminism of the time and it 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 felt it it doesn't feel dated in a way that i think you know other stuff has i agree i mean i i i also have to fend promising young woman david's now making a ronald mcdonald face and mayor mccheese okay mayor mccheese i'm sorry it's the funnier version But I think that is a movie that, like, on a pretty fundamental level, does not really have a clarity in what it is saying or what its worldview is. It often does things that are, like, working against itself. Um, Whereas I think the Cool Girl monologue is, like, was taken by a lot of people at the time because it was such a good 
entertaining summation of a thing that had not necessarily been totally crystallized. Right. Kind of a rallying call right. inadvertently. Yes. But it is like means to an end for the larger thing that I think this movie is about. And and even Rosamund Pike calls it out later in the movie more directly, but right. it's given less attention here, which is just like dating is this like weird form of theater. Like relationship is a form of theater. Right. And, and the most extreme part of that is that like when people meet each other, they present the absolute best version of themselves. There is this like trickery in flirtation, in seduction, in like meet cutes mm -hmm. of just like, well, you choose when to dole out what information about yourself, show what sides when people get deep enough into the foxhole with you that those things are no longer like turnoffs, right? Right. And the cool girl thing is a version of that. And the movie presents that as like, part of a larger societal pressure towards women. But there's also the thing that they call out about, like, Nick was presenting a, like, impossibly charming version of himself that he yeah. could not maintain. And, like, when he's tired, he's not that charming. And eventually she has to spend time around tired Nick. You know? <laughs> right. Sure, That's right. dating, too. That's what you're, I'm saying. You're presenting yeah. but, your But that's best what I'm version. saying. I'm saying that's the bigger point this movie is making is that like you date someone based on the best version you meet or the version that you fall in love with. And then over time, those layers start to go away. And it's like the best relationships are ultimately the ones where when those layers go away, you still like each other. But some people find themselves in these situations where you're like, wait, who am I with? And it creeps up on you over time, over a long period of time. But, like some people might, you know, go to couples therapy. Sure. Some people might cheat on their partner. Some people gone girl their husbands. I don't understand. That's, that's what I'm those saying. Those are three equivalent Amy's move is like, what if I gone girl you? And then you say, as you say, she's like, maybe I'll just kill myself to prove a point. I think six of some, half a dozen of the other. I think your therapy I, gone girling are like... Okay, here's my question. And I mean, I mean we're facetious. trying to understand the, the, the mindset of a fictional character yes. who is, as Esther says, a little crazy. Uh -huh. But still... Does she want the whole time for Nick to, you know, quote unquote, be the man she married again and like win her back, which is what he does. Yes. Somewhat inadvertently. Yeah. Or is that another escape valve for her when she kind of realizes like, I actually don't know what to do with myself as a person. No, I think that's the, I think it's, I think it's an escape valve because I think what happens. Because there's a is, movie about marriage, right? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, like a whole satire. I think it's the thing is, is like, she never really wants to kill herself. No. She never, like. She doesn't know what to do with herself. She doesn't know She's what the dog to, who caught the car, right? You right. Know. She, she planned it all up to a point. She, ne like, she always has the question mark next to kill herself. It's not, she doesn't feel like that's necessary yeah and she starts doubting it when she's spending when she's in the sort of motel area yes. she starts sort of to doubt that element of the plan because she's also having too much fun watching him sort of get grilled grilled over the coals is that raked over the coals I, yeah raked, I, I would say and then once she loses all her money she's like she reaches out to desi which she knows is a trap anyway mm -hmm. And then Desi is the desperation play. Desi is the desperation right. play. And as soon as she gets there, she's like, oh, fuck, I need to get out but, of but this. But that moment. Way. And then she's watching the interview and he, she's like, oh, he's playing my game. Right, right. And that's hot. I, right. I, my read on it is, I think it's not that she is specifically suicidal, but I think she has no sense of self anymore. Right, right. right? right, right so right. it's like, number one thing is she wants to punish Nick. But the second thing is, like, she cannot envision what her life is anymore. Yeah. 
because the key detail of this movie is the book, is the Amazing Amy series, right? It's not just that, like, her boyfriends have done this to her. It's not just Nick. And, you know, even there's a similarity in how Desi, Scoot, and Nick all talk about her where they're like, I meet this girl and, like, she seems unreal. Right. Like, how could she possibly be this great, right? There's this presentation of her that is just, like, and then when impossible. I, and then when I can't keep up, it starts to fall apart or whatever. Like, they all right. kind of have this thing of, like, I kind of failed her. Right. Like, well, and yeah. it's also this thing of, like, you know, she... I which I believe if I'm if I'm not if I'm remembering correctly the book goes into more that like you know she was supposed to be this great writer and mm-hmm. she's writing quizzes personality yes. quizzes you know she's magazines. writing personality quizzes she was supposed to have more of a career she sort they of keep telling you you have to murder your husband it's weird I give up my cello I give up the cello the next book Amy becomes a cello prodigy yeah. like it's she's actually something of a failure who yeah. has, yes. who has been like. So, who has kept up appearances. Right. So she, she, hate, she hates herself in a certain way. Absolutely. Thoroughly. Oh, deeply. So Deeply. Much, and she like yes. doesn't like who she is if she really has to spend time with herself, which she's right. now forced to do in Missouri, right? She can live through the relationships, through her job, yeah. through her friends. But like suddenly all those things have gone away. They've, they've been gone-girled out of her life. The, the fact that she has to like go to press events, right? Like book parties, for the anniversary of the book, where a table of people want to sit around and ask her about who she is, where it's like, this is her life. Like, she's rich off of this, but, like, she has to do these fucking where is she now yeah, no, kind of things. It's sad. That like, have nothing to right, do with yeah. her present sense of self. They have entirely to do with, like, this constructed version of her that was a version of her that was a reflection of her never being good enough for her parents. She's amazing. Look how pretty she is. Look how talented she is. But also in the book, she's even better. And you're right. The books sound like they suck. No one would actually <laughs> read them. But that has to be the thrust of the book of she is the most perfect girl in the world. She always does everything right. No, it's right. a great motif, right? It's a right. great, yeah, it's a great device. So um, I think she's like, it's the fact that the post-it note is kill myself with a question mark. Yeah. She's that it's not, not a clear endpoint that she's like, I guess that's probably what I do because what else would I do at that point? Right. Because she can't go back to New York. She can't right. resume her life. Like, let me, okay. I think <laughs> when she pigs out, hits her face with a hammer, dyes her hair, reinvents herself in the Ozarks. There's a little bit of like, she's actually kind of stripped everything out of her personality. It's not like she's killing it. She's still doing a fake accent, but yes. But for once, she's like not playing the game of trying to impress other people. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the moment where she's like, wait, why would I kill myself? I can just like reset. I can find a new life for myself. This isn't it, but like I can venture out and find something new. When she goes to Desi, she's like, I need more money to continue doing research to figure out what kind of person I want to be. My project of reinvention, which is my new project. My old project was frame my husband for murder. Now my new project is my next phase. And then as you said, Esther, seeing him on the the TV, doing the interview where he's talking to her. Suddenly it's like, like, yeah, Oh, I'm reconnected with what made us like each other in the first place. I think that's true, but I do think it's also an escape valve. She is also kind of like, I fundamentally don't know who I want to be because I don't know who I want to be. I have no sense of self. And she's also, I mean, it's also, and it's also like, the Desi thing is desperation and she realizes there she's in a worse place than she would ever be before because he's he's also psycho. And she's a terrifying character, but it's also like, it's why the cool girl monologue exists where it's just like it's every step of her life has been building her to this point well it's also it is this weird relatability that she has because every which is sort of what you were saying earlier because everyone has put on a different face 
to impress somebody. Yes. At some point in time. Right. I've never had. No, David never has. He's no. I, he's I certainly exactly. Yes, so authentic. Now, I have. I want to. All right. How many Fincher films have voiceover narration? Obviously, the film Gone Girl does. Fight Club. Fight Club has voiceover narration. Mm-hmm. The Killer. Now, the Killer. This is my point. The Benjamin Killer has Button. voiceover narration. Benjamin Button has voiceover has narration. A, a diary as well. Yeah. Right. Much, much more sort of that. That's the most mundane, I would say. Right. That's really like. A, and then this is a casual trip down a laser. Yeah. Seven has Morgan Freeman saying, you know, the world is, a, but he doesn't have much sure. narration apart right. from that. Right. No. Okay. So it's really just like. Fight Club. Forget Button for a minute. Let's take Button out of the equation. I don't think you'd forget me if you met me. I got quite a curious case. (laughs) But like Fight Club, Gone Girl, and The Killer are all very unreliable voice. Like the voiceover is ever present. Yeah. But you're kind of like, wait, after a while, you're like, wait, the voiceover is full of shit. I didn't realize. I didn't realize this was lying to me. Like it's also, they're also all like, funny. I know you haven't seen The Killer yet, but like yeah. you will. You but will no, but that's it. Fincher's fundamental take on dialogue, which right. I think I've invoked before, is he says like, I think people use words to lie. Dialogue should not be like revealing truth. Finchie, come on! No one's a truth though. No, no all he's liars. Like, behavior, liars. The truth comes across in the behavior and the actions, but like all dialogue is sort of what Gone Girl is getting at of like, you presenting the version of yourself yeah. you need to win that moment. Even if yeah. it's like 90% true, it's, it's like, how do I sell this? so sort of great that you get the cool girl monologue and then actually the the narration slips away. Yes. You know, yeah, then and, we're then, and then we're in just the motel. with her. We're in and, but then, hard reality. Yeah. But then after that, what do we cut to? You know, after after some motel business, let me tell you what we cut to. And it's so crucial. Tyler Perry mm. sitting, laughing, being essentially like, what is the matter with you? You yeah. know, like, this is the craziest shit I've ever yeah. heard. Tyler it's Perry. so vital for the audience, I think, to be like, yeah, this is this crazy. Is like, this isn't yeah. how people and behave. And Tyler Perry is so good. He's and so, so well cast. So and it good. is. Look, I think Tyler Perry is obviously a talented performer, but he largely yeah. plays like either, you know, Medea. Uh-huh. Uh who's a little a little on the colorful side. She's a little over the top. <laughs> but I'd say he plays her quite well. So he certainly knows he has a handle on that performance, I guess. Like he Good does afternoon. what he's oh, <laughs> Hellerine. Um or I feel like in the when he's in his own films and he's not playing Medea, he's usually playing kind of a boring character. Like yeah. he's yeah. playing kind of like a straight man, like kind of well, I'm just like a decent guy. Right, right, right. right. He um, often plays the sort of like, well, I can help you fix the house kind of like you're like, why are you even doing this? But I guess, you know, right. you're such a but big name and he's not a very nuanced writer. This is true. Um, but um, and then in this, you're like, he's so insanely like it's such a natural performance, yes. right? He's so funny. Yeah. He's like so responsive. To, like, we're just like, can I, can I get more of this? Well, like, there are a couple of them. I think he'll pop in every couple of, every other year or so and do one of these. I think his one scene in Those Who Wish Me Dead is incredible. It is. is that like is a not a movie I think about often. Knockout thermostat one scene but performance. But it is. I remember him being pretty good in Don't Look Up. Not that I like care about that movie. I, I still like Tyler Perry bits that much. He is the best performance in Vice. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. God, Vice I don't even sucks. remember. He's he's in Vice, all right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Who's he in that? He's Baxter Stockman, my friend. Very good. Uh, is he good? Stockman. Is he, is he's he good? okay in that. I mean, that's okay. that's one where he's like, uh, I did that for my daughter. Alex Cross 
Well, that's why Fincher so, cast him in this. I know. It, it, it's just, is he good in that? I, I mean, that's something that should... Here's what's frustrating about I'm Alex Cross. I'm always just kind of like, why didn't that work? Yeah. Right. Like, well, because he hired Rob Cohen. Yeah. Who yeah. is yeah. like largely a hack, he's right? He's a huge hack and he's a bad director. Right. And it was a project largely shepherded by Tyler Perry, who doesn't have the best dramatic instincts, is much better comedy than he I'm is a drama. Like, why can't I get a Tyler Perry crime thriller every thing. three years, if, you know? <laughs> if Gone Girl had come first yeah. and then he was like, I want to take on Alex Cross... I think they a better Maybe. Alex Cross franchise would have gotten constructed around him versus the moment Alex Cross happens, it felt almost like this weird vanity ego thing of like Tyler Perry releases three hit movies a year and now he wants to have his own like cop franchise. Right. Because that movie was Lionsgate as well. Uh, I can find out. It felt very much like a, Tyler, if you want to do this, by all means, go yeah, do this and then come back and give us three more Medea Right. Movies. Well, I mean, I think there's obviously the Alex Cross books are huge bestsellers. Yes. There's a world where they're it like, hell yeah, please. Right. The upside on this is potentially great I, and the downside is almost nothing. I also think he is good in Star Trek and I he is good in Star Trek. will never forget. I saw that movie uh, at the Regal Court Street. The audience going completely ballistic at the sight of him. <laughs> Amazing. Where I was kind of like, this man has more juice than anyone on earth yes. right now. Like, you know, like that. Because also, because no one knew he was in that movie no. in the Regal Court Street audience. Like, I think I'd heard, like, oh, he's a huge Trek fan and wants to do a cameo, yeah. like, or something. Anyway, I'll the never forget it. The only other one I haven't seen is Brain on Fire. What the fuck is that? Yeah, what is Brain on Chloe Fire? Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, oh, when she's in a movie, you know it's good. A young, capable professional yeah. cannot explain her newly erratic behavior. It's based on a bestseller. It was about this person who had encephalitis. Yeah. It was a memoir. Uh, yeah, I remember that book. Uh, never saw the movie. No, that's just the only other instance of what we're talking about of like Tyler Perry just turns in some serious supporting work and something. He's so good. And this role, obviously, yeah. should be almost quasi-villainous in a way. Like, yes. oh, the fucking attorney and who takes on so the, the deadly husbands. He's likable immediately. He's like laughing, but he's like, look, I believe you because this is too crazy for you to be making it up. Right. Uh, but like, you know, and I'm all the way in. And you're just immediately like, I love this guy. Well, here's what Fincher said. Go ahead. One, he said, Tyler Perry is one of the best living actors at listening on screen, which oh, is an yeah. interesting thing. And crucial. And I don't think I would have picked up on. Like Fincher clearly just saw that in him. And it certainly pays off like crazy in this film. Right. Right. Um, but the other thing he said is like, you read the character in the book, the way the guy is positioned, the way he's framed, the way he's talked about his reputation, the types of cases he represents, right? Often representing guilty people. The way it reads on paper is you imagine him being more of a like Baldwin and Glengarry Glenn Ross. And he right, said, right, right, if right. that guy enters with that energy at this point in the film, the audience is going to hate him. Yes. Hate him. Hate yeah. Nick for associating with totally. him. He's going to be uh, so unsavory. And that's that's exactly the stereotypical. Right. Yeah, that's the easiest and way for that weirdly, character to come across. weirdly, it's like th what we're talking about, all the sort of like wet paper, a decent good man, sort of boring guy roles that Perry will put in his own films uh, and play himself. Right. Are the foundation for him in this where it's like there is that weird fundamental just kind of like gentle decency of Tyler Perry and like the morality of him that comes across where Alex Cross, where... <laughs> Don't cross him. Right, you're never grossed out by this guy. Yeah. And it helps that it's like, you know by reputation he represents a lot of guilty people. You know at this point in the movie that Nick is innocent. Right. 
you want him to kind of like be like, we're fighting on the right side here. Right. And also there is kind of this moment of like, okay, Nick, you need a lawyer. Like you can't just keep like hanging out with Kim Dickens and being like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's up? You know? <laughs> like, you know, which is what he's been doing. The thing that is astonishing is the authority with which Tyler Perry delivers everything. Such a quiet, like unforced authority in all these scenes where he's like, here's exactly what you need to do. And when he says something, you're like, I absolutely believe this guy. I would follow every instruction he gives me. Definitely. Yes, definitely. And then the crucial moment later well, in the like, film where Affleck's like, I can handle this yes. interview. I'm zagging. Uh, you're kind of like, these two are now locked in with each other where he's like, okay, all right. I think, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it's just, it is such a good, like, because I think the thing about Tyler Perry is he's a brand too. Like, he is a brand too. And so is this character. And you sort of get the idea that, like, he knows what it's like to sell, you know? And that, I think, is part of it. The thing Nick has been missing this whole movie and the thing Affleck has always struggled with. Yes. Tyler Perry has excelled at Sincerity. in his life. Yes. Yeah. No, but also just, like, consistency of message, right? Like, consistency of brand. And selling yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. And maybe we should have a Tannerbolt Daredevil crossover. Tannerbolt's like defending someone in the inner city, maybe, and Daredevil's there too. I just want He's a lawyer, him you know. doing shit like this. I do, I do too, but also, if if this is it, what a thing. Yeah. What a thing to later in life be like, by the way, you know, this guy was a mogul and like one of the most successful like comedy, you know, he had, he made movies every year. Yeah. It was a whole other thing and he just just parachuted into this film and crushed it. It's like, why you wish he had gotten the Oscar nomination, though, because it would have been a nice, like, like Dexter Gordon, Mikhail Baryshnikov. Yeah, right. Like, hey, by the way, right, good job right. coming in and killing it. Yeah, even if yeah, this even isn't if you your don't main do it thing lot, you want right. to do, you can play with the big boys. Look, he's great. Um, at this point, we're sort of cutting between him being like, okay, let me meet Margot. Let me go to the houses. Yeah. Let's try and figure this out. And everything unraveling for Amy with uh, Lola and Boyd. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Lola drinking Mountain Dew in a glass full of ice. Just sitting in the, the Lazy Boy chair with the bottle and the cup and, and the ice. And what I think is uh, probably, like, which is a makeup choice to have her have this giant cold sore. Yes. <laughs> which Fincher is so casting. Good. The, you know, British-American daughter of a musician who yes. went to, like, eight, you know, of the fanciest schools and right. bard and all that. And being like, you're going to make sense as, like, a real, like, piece of shit girl, Someone like, you like know, who robs people in the Ozarks. Would yeah. have auditioned for Amy. Right. Right. Yeah, sure. You sure, know? sure. And it, yeah. like, totally works. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. I mean, he's, that's the one thing in the commentary where, the one person where he's like, this is me casting someone who could not be farther from this character. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I usually don't try to do. I love that she spits. Just, oh, that she spits in her Mountain Dew? Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, it's such a weird power move, but it makes sense for the character. I really do believe her when she's kind of like, by the way, like this could have been worse. Like we're just, you know, hitting you and taking your stuff. Like yeah. other people are worse. Yeah. Right. Anyway, see you later. We really need the money. And I'm, I'm sort of there going off and I'm like, I hope they buy some great drugs or whatever it is. Well, in, in the way it's that really like really good math, them stealing like her money, like for no good reason, yeah. alters Amy's course. Right. Yes. I do think the fact that like, what's Lil's character's name? Uh, Lola's character's name, of course. We all know it as Greta. This is like the first person in her life who's ever just talked to her like a person. Like, there's something to how unimpressed she is that, like, I think is the thing that, like, gives her a new lease on life. 
of just like, oh, I can just like sit on a couch with someone and eat junk food and not worry about how I come across. Yeah. And the fact that she's like that this girl immediately pegs Amy as a bitch and yeah, which totally. offends and liked her. It. Yeah. Which which is which yeah, and liked it, which offends her and the reason for the spitting, but is also sort of like tantalizing. Yeah. But I do think it's like, you know what, Amy? You're you're really good at like faking everything in this meticulous way where you drew the diary. But you're actually not good at like improv faking it. You're no. kind of no. bad at it. Yes. Yeah. And so she's done. She has to go to Desi. Yes. Neil Patrick Harris, I, I want to say this about his casting. Uh, uh, Fincher said he wanted a Claire Quilty type. And he's yes. like, what's a modern Claire Quilty type? He's watching the Tonys. And he's like, this guy. This guy is like, Claire Quilty by the way of Sting is how he puts it. His line <laughs> in the commentary is, anyone who can make me watch the Tonys is a good performer. Right, yes, right. Has Jesus, to be a pretty compelling. Fincher, come it was on. a real Fincher Support American maker. theater. Yeah. As you said, yeah, Alex, Alex Cross. Not Alex Ross. No. Perry. Alex, Alex Cross, Cross Perry. Was, was the Should we make that... Alex Cross Perry a series in which Alex Ross Perry watches all the Alex Cross movies? I mean... No, I mean make it like a film series. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? Sorry. If, the thing I like about Tyler Perry is just like, if I knew who David Fincher really was in his body of work, I probably would have said no. I would have been too Like, I actually wasn't sure. that familiar with his movies. And that, and my agent did know and probably knew that I would have said no. And But instead, clearly the agent was just like, you really got to do this. Like, yeah. you're really going to crush this. And uh, uh, then he gets on set. And one thing that is probably really different from Fincher's directing style and Tyler Perry's directing style, I think Tyler Perry does half a take. <laughs> I think they're setting up the next scene during the scene. <laughs> and like his first his first scene, 30 takes. And yeah. he's like, what's going on? Right. Like, this is crazy. Is the camera broken? The blood was draining from my face. Uh uh, yeah, oh, right, no, no, this is it. He sits down and Affleck goes, by the way, minimum 30 takes. <laughs> and Tyler's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's what it's going to be. He says, I realize Fincher sees like no other person I've ever known. His vision is so hyper. When he's doing a take, he sees everything on screen all at once. He's like an alien. And if nothing, like, if, unless everything lines up perfectly, he's like, again, you know. Well, right. th that's another thing, by the way. When you get to Tanner and Nick working together, you're, you got two directors. Fincher's hiring two people who have made yeah. their own films. It's a good point. Even if their movies are different styles. No, no, no. You're totally right. I mean, I would love to know more just about like uh, Affleck and Perry like chatting like while they're waiting <laughs> for Fincher to set, you know, like what right. those conversations are like. Yeah. That Okay, so the film, Medea's Tough Love. No, that's a straight to video. That's a cartoon. Sorry. So it's Boo and Medea Halloween is Perry's first film after they uh, in the Medea verse. Okay, post, post Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Do yeah. you think he maybe did like two or three takes on that one? Yeah. When I learned something from David. Yeah. I don't know. It's just funny to think about him being like, I'm going to bring some Fincherian technique into this one. Yeah. Um. Anyway. All right. Uh. Final act of the movie: the interview. Cela Ward. Come on. Great casting. Is it Cela? Is it Cela? Right, not Cela. I think it's Cela. I honestly don't know. Yeah. The most beautiful woman. Uh-huh. But she has that kind of like scariness. Yeah, imperious, yeah. like talk show beauty, right? Like she's perfectly cast. What was her ABC show called? Not not once and again. Once and again. Yep. She was amazing. That was a great show. Yes. Back when TV could just like have a show where it's like, you're just gonna cry every fucking week. Yeah. Not much will happen and there'll be a big fashion weepy. Yeah. 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 Uh when ABC used to have uh their their studios right on like the West Side Highway before Trump built 15 bad buildings covering it up, 
the main thing you used to see in the West Side Highway, which was otherwise pretty barren on that, like, stretch, was um, the ABC building. And they always had, like, the entire side of the building was draped with whatever their new big show was. And I just remember a year of, like, we lived downtown. I went to school on the Upper West Side. And my dad would, like, drive us to school every morning. And I would just see the giant Cela Ward face. Cela On the side of the ABC building. And yes, there is something, like, kind of scary about her. Yeah, it's she's impressive She looking. has She yes. has, like, an intense beauty. Just, you know, you, you believe it. She's fearsome. Like, she yes. could destroy him. Yes. I think the thing of cutting right to them in the car and Nick with, like, a piece of shit grin on his face. Yeah. That we don't see the interview till later, but in like even Tanner's like, all right, relax. You were good, but yes. relax, you know, is clever. Yes. Yeah. Just like lay low until it airs. She's eating the creme brulees. Yes. Yes. Out of the little uh, ramekins. Well, and like Desi is so happy when she shows up. And she's clearly in this like rough state, right? She's, and she's in a rough state, but she's also doing the performance. Of course. Of, like, I don't know where to go. So she yeah. looks very different than the yeah. last time he saw her. And he's just like, finally, I get her back. But also, I need to build her back into the version of Amy I fell in love with. And he's doing so much good subtle reaction work in this scene when they're watching the interview. He's like his, pouring more wine. Yeah. <laughs> his disgust at like the way she is scarfing down. Right, the, yeah. the, the creme brulee. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then she finishes his. Yeah. And you can just see him going like, okay, I got to get her on a diet. You know, like. Well, he mentions like the gym when she's walking yes. in. Like she's. He, he's so proud of his like perfect home. What, what is the bed? Yeah, is, best sleep of your life. I, I forget what the brand is, yeah. but it's some like, you know, $30,000 bed probably or whatever. And like his stupid fucking camera app. and. But it's just ugh. so revealing that it's so like, creepy. He thinks of himself in his mind as like her one true love. And he fucked it up or whatever, right? And she and, she's throwing him bait with the whole, right. like, his, you know, Nick's idea of high culture is, you yes. know, football or whatever. And he's like, ha! You know, like, you know, hand down his pants. But he is, like, fully in love with the construction of her. Totally. Because when she shows Another up... Another fake version of her. Right? ...in a raw yeah. state, he's not, like, oh, anything. Yeah, I mean, he's... He wants to imprison her in his weird fortress. Yeah, and rebuild her. Yeah. To the way she was when he met her. Um, and then the second he leaves, her just like faking the, you know, like going to the camera and screaming. It's so scary. When the biting of his lip on the goodbyes so that the kids with the tussled yeah, shirt. Yeah, 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 like it's just. So he has blood when he's walking out. You can see him. like The scuffed up hair. Like just, she's, I love her just figuring out, like she knows her angles. She knows where like the 10 cameras time are. time jump. Like the 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 days gone are really interesting from once you start oh, her point. angle. Like, yeah, because it's like when you when we first meet her, it's like it's it's closer in time. It it it's one day gone, and then yeah. by the time she is back to looking, because I actually had forgotten that, and I was like, how did she lose all that? I was like, how did she lose all that weight? And it's like, it's been a month. You're a month right. in, now. yeah, right, right, right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. It's been a month from the interview, basically, too, because I think it says like right. twenty nine like days. She cuts gone. her hair the next day, or yeah. Whatever. It's like no. it's been an month. She's gotten skinny again. There's like, two you know. weeks, basically, of her like in captivity, rebuilding herself and yeah. planning. Um. Then the, she has sex with him, and during the sex, she slashes his throat with a razor. Right. We call that sex. Well, first That's, she also. What do you mean? Uh, uh, I already said that the screaming, the violating herself with a champagne bottle, right, uh, yeah. anything else? I mean, no, I, I had forgot. for some I, reason the screaming is actually what disturbs me the most. Like the way she just like 
bits and goodbye and then runs and does the fake screaming like that she's doing the yeah so good the wrist the wrist thing um i didn't hear that you said the violating it's quite all right i say a lot of bullshit um singani 63 this steven soderbergh's liquor yeah relevant uh which i love i got really into in the pandemic good sipping liver liquor you always say yes um, but uh, Fincher wanted to put it in the movie as a, a, a nod to his buddy Sodi and said, uh, you can pick the scene where you want it applied. <laughs> right. And Soderbergh said, I want it to be the thing she violates herself with. I didn't realize that's what it was. It's not because Rosamund Pike a was, yeah, it's a bottle right. of champagne. It's, it, no, it's not a champagne. It's, it's a bottle of wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Rosamund Pike was. Sorry, a champagne bottle would be much worse to yes, do that. Yes, way. yes, yes. It very true. Well, yes. if you took the cork off, I suppose no, not. No, you but, can't yeah. take the cork off. <laughs> she takes the. She said, like, <laughs> spraying a wall. You're. It's very true. Yes, of course. Yes, a bottle of champagne would not be workable. Fincher was going to do that, and Rosamund Pike was like, "She would use wine." I'm sorry, I refuse. Uh, right. No, I don't care what, Wait, he, what he was going to do. The Sagani. Yes. Wait, now I got to see this bottle. It's a kind of wild looking bottle. The scene where it's one of the scenes where Kim Dickens and Fugit come to Affleck's house and he's drinking. It's when he throws the glass. Yes, oh. that's right. He's it's drinking sort of a tall. Thin he's bottle. drinking Sagani yeah. then. So right, they, right. that's where they put it in the movie. But I just like this idea of like, yes, it's kind of a colorful bottle yeah. with this clear liquid and Fincher presenting this to Rosamund Pike on set and her going like, absolutely not. Good for her. I have to maintain the integrity of this character. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, she kills him with, I mean, you know, pretty crazy. Yeah, once again, this is called like missionary position. I don't understand why you're making such a big deal out of this. What's Just like, the, well, on? it's funny too because it's like, I thought about like the cut to blacks because they're so prominent early on. And suddenly he does this sort of flashing effect. Yeah. During the and the music's going like wow, like that, like <laughs> yeah. that's kind so of it's crazy. Sort of like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's wild. He cuts it so crazy. There's so much blood. There's it's so really much great. blood. It's yeah. really great how much blood there is. And I'd argue this is almost a point of no return for the character. For her? Yeah. Oh. What okay. do you mean? I don't know. You know, I've really been on her side the entire film. I've liked everything she's done. Or at least you've understood her perspective. Yes. Yeah. And then when she, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Parra did a very funny Seth Meyers interview this week, condoning, okay. or, or rather uh, uh, condemning murder. Okay. He just did a sure. bit of wanting to very clearly establish his anti-murder stance. Joe Parra's special, which I you don't so know if good. you've watched. It's so funny. And he opens it with like a note that he writes. And he says, hello, my name is Joe Parra. My favorite food is rolls, which is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire it's, life. It's so good. I can't stop thinking David, about it. If had him on the show, would the episode be nine hours long? Yes. The slowest right? episode. Right. Yeah. I'd love to have him on the show. God. I mean, we could have him on. We could. What kind of movies does he like? I feel like there's certain movies he jokes about a lot. Right. Like nature documentaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some My weird movie reference point role. in the special I'm trying to remember there now. definitely is. Um, yeah. He does this bit. What in, about like the straight story? You know, like, so, like something that, like that, you know, or like a movie okay. about people who talk kind of slow. Here's a promise. What if we do if Lynch? If we ever do Lynch. <laughs> he, we'll ask him if we he will wants to do the straight him. story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We can't guarantee him. No. He might be like, oh, I've never seen that one. You know? But he's not going to say that fast. <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. Sorry, I'm trying to rush this along. He does a bit in a special where he, like, chugs bottles of water <laughs> like it's crushing a beer. And it's not something he calls a lot of attention to, but it's just like, at one moment, he starts doing it, and then the audience starts cheering, and he's like, I'm going to take this all the way down. <laughs> 
It's really funny. He's always been very, very, very one funny, of the funniest men alive. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So Desi's dead, and then there's just twenty minutes left of the movie, and it's it's all suddenly very rapid. Like her returning, swooning in his arms while he says, "You bitch!" Like you fucking bitch. Right. Right. He said he. The um. I mean, just the incredible scene. theatrics of her walking up, looking the like swoon. that. Right. Right. Running to him, him saying, "You bitch," and immediately quote-unquote, fainting into yeah. a gone-with-the-wind pose. Yes. That she just knows is like, she's worked this whole thing out. The the public relations side of it. I mean, the scene that's so good in this the last, which image. you sort of mentioned, is the, when after she's in the hospital, she's been treated. Yeah. And the FBI is there. And Kim Dickens is like, wait, hold up, hold yeah, up, right. hold up. Tries to actually interrogate None of her. this is fitting. And... Basically, everyone tells Kim Dickens to shut up, and she's just like, God damn it. Like, you right. could just. Because everyone else in the film is like, in that room, is like, Are you kidding? Look how gripping this is. Yeah. Like, we want to follow this story. And Kim Dickens is like, Wait, so you went there first? Why did you buy the gun? And then, like, yeah. It, it, and it's her... a story that would fall apart under a lot of scrutiny. Right. And, and, you know, Amy knows there won't need to be much scrutiny. And I'm back. There's doing, no crime. And she's also doing the sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm so faint. I feel I myself really, fading. Yeah, That's I can't the, really remember everything. And, and we skipped over, but like, they finally do arrest Affleck shortly before this. They do. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They find the the weapon. The weapon is, is, is enough for them to arrest. He does the, the thing where like, he doesn't listen to Tyler Perry and he responds to the handwriting. Right. Yeah. You're not a handwriting expert. Um, and then it's only after all that that she gets home with him. And he's like, what is going on? And she's right. like, you're doing great. Like, what are you talking about? I fucking love it. Hottest shit I've ever seen. Take yeah, off exactly. all your clothes. And he he's like, I have more questions. She's take. like, are you wearing a wire? Take off your yeah. clothes. So it's like this trust is not reestablished. No. No, but it's so funny because she walks back in like, we like that was real. What happened between us? What you said to me through that interview. Yeah. You're not feeling what I'm feeling? Like, it does feel like she's it's a like... really great... They play it both so she's fucking so funny. she's so turned on by the fact that, like, oh, he's figured it out. And right. he's, like, throwing the ball back to me. That she assumes that that's, like, love language from him. Rather than, like, him playing defensive. And him just, like, being like, right, I'm just trying to survive over here. Yes. Yes, I know I was reaching out to you. He was. He knows of what course. he's doing. He says, I, I, do I have to convince America? Maybe I only need to convince one person. Um, and, uh, right. A hundred percent, but right. And she's like, so come wash the butt off with me in the shower. And maybe I'll take a look at that fucking hammer you got. Yes. <laughs> I sort of forgot about. And, uh, and he is just like, no, I don't like you. Yeah. Like, you're, I'm mad at you. Right. <laughs> you gone. Girl I'm like, I'm terrified. <laughs> also you, yeah, you murdered the fucking next guy you saw. So I'm not exactly. You're like still covered in his blood. <laughs> you have blood on your boobs. That actually is kind unrealistic. Oh. Oh. Well, no, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Surely at the hospital, hospital she might have gotten cleaned up, right? It is weird that they're like, anyway, off home with you if yeah, you want to take a shower. But it's, I mean, it's very pivotal to yes. Yes, the visuals of their marriage at this point. Yes. Uh, and she's just like, you don't understand. You did great. I want that Nick permanently from now on. I, He's like, I'm leaving. And then I also, she, you know, impregnates herself. I, I buy that she doesn't wash the blood off when she's at the hospital or the police station or any of that shit because she's like, 
well, the press will still be there when we go home. Right. I need, like, yes. I don't I go need home one clean. more round of, of photos right. Right, with clearly, covered in blood. They probably offered, and she had some reason why she didn't want to do it yet. You know? Um, and, just, and then just as pivotal as his last time. Yeah. Finally, he gets a break. He goes to see Tanner. And Tanner is like, you two are the most fucked up white people I've ever met. <laughs> yes. It's so incredible. Yeah. You know, where she's like, come on, you know, goes like, can we get her on tape? And he's like, no, he made me get in the shower. Like, he's just and laughing. And a line of dialogue. Kim that, Dickens is there and she's like, I agree with you guys, by the way. This has been crazy, you know. A line of dialogue that hits pretty hard coming from Tyler Perry, a man who's directed some bug nut stories. Mean, like some just normal. fucking lurid as shit pulpy tales with insane plot twists. His films understand human behavior on a very natural level. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, not natural, but he does. He has the clearest eye on the human condition. I should check in. I haven't seen a Perry film in years. Like He's made so movie. few. He mostly went to TV. <laughs> I, I, that sounded like a joke. Recently, you're right. He doesn't really make movies. He's made anymore. like two movies in the last five years, as opposed to making five movies every year for 15 years. Th that man has maybe directed 25 films over. I can count, but uh, you're gonna have to talk. But the well, I'll count. You final talk. scenes of this movie. Okay, you go ahead. Um, so yeah, she gets pregnant. He actually, you know. Is physical with her. Yes. When well, she reveals the, this, he slams her against the wall. Yeah, and but that is the sort of... But she's also... It is also the moment where she's sort of turned on by it. Like, it oh, is, yeah. this, no, it no, is this moment of violence, sure, yeah. and it is him actually enacting sort of what she had imagined. But that is what leads into the I'm the cunt you married. Like, sorry, I had just had to say cunt on Mike. Um, we hadn't said cunt on Mike yet and it just like felt necessary. Sure before. No, but like in the context of this. Uh, yes, um, I think it's 24. Jordan Hoffman. Jordan Hoffman. Yes. You oh, listen he, to our Melvin and Howard episode. Oh, Is that he, the one? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he tells a story that involves someone yelling the word cunt over and over again and he screamed it in retelling the story and, and it was when we still recorded at Audio Boom yeah. and David's response was just, Jordan, we are in a workplace. <laughs> there are people at desks. Remember we had, were at a workplace, Ben? Remember that? Your workplace. Your workplace. I do remember. Yeah. Did yes. you have to explain that to people? Like you would be hard Jordan at work and then cunt. two idiots would roll into the office and your mother's like, hey, cunt. time um, to do our podcast. I don't remember exactly anyone bringing up the fact that Jordan was screaming. I guess the room was soundproof. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. But I do remember very often when we would go on, uh, you know, uh, three hours of what? recording, when, when uh, like people would be yeah, like, was like, what bonus is app? this show yeah. and why did it take that long? Yeah. And I didn't usually have a good answer. Right. Because why, your why answer you... would be, they talked about a movie. Right. 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 Why did everyone eat and then three be like, meals during the movie? course of this recording? And I'd be like, married to the mob. And they'd be like, <laughs> what's that? Good times. It's so weird that this show is quite popular and yet also most of my friends are like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about when right. I've ever tried to listen to it. No. I mean, Bob has like, I, I, I'm always like, oh, you're going to listen to my episode. He's like, that's too long. Yeah. Too long. <laughs> I like when I have to tell people what I do for a living, my least favorite conversation. Uh, and they're like, uh, oh, that's interesting. You're talking about a movie? And how long's the show? And I just go, it's long. And they go, so how long? Like an hour? And I'm like, we are so... Keep going yeah. up. Ben, what time are we at now? We're at two hours and 43 minutes. Wow. <laughs> this was another thing that people were so angry that the Zodiac episode was, quote, 
only two Short. and a half hours. Yes. What fucking golden handcuffs we have given ourselves. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna work this down to a ninety minute show. I promise. Twenty twenty four. Really, truly, whenever I can finally finalize the like soundproofing this space, we're gonna clock. hang that goddamn clock. 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 We haven't countdown clock. clock. Yes, we really are. I'm very. And it's pro. gonna be, I think, a big change. And it's gonna go. So it's gonna get longer. <laughs> <laughs> My prediction show is gonna get longer with the clocks up. Yeah, so at the end of the movie, mm -hmm. he's cradling her head. He's looking at her. It's the same shot from the beginning. And he says, what have we done to each other, essentially? Yeah. Uh, is the well, you have the interview. The yeah, the interview. Mr. Paul comes to their home, yeah. gives him the robot cat, and he makes the choice to announce the... Because you have the scene in the airport with Tyler Perry, with Kim Dickens, with Margot, where they're all like, you can't fucking go through with this, you lunatic. And he's like, what about the kid? What about the kid? Margot has that scene in the kitchen where she's like crying. Yeah, well, there's a flashback. Very it's sort of like a flashback. Scene. It's like a little bit of a flashback, I yeah. think, where he's like tells her and he's like, no, I have to raise this kid. But you Because he's basically, he's sort of like, his almost justification is like, well, I'm less fucked up than her. Like, you know. Right, right. It's dooming this kid to a worse life if I'm not there. Right. But it's all, yeah, I mean, it's just. But, but you are like, is there any, and in a movie with so many twists and moves, you're like, is there some way he games his way out of this? You go to the interview and it's his move and there's that moment where they're like we're so happy together and Rosin Pike looks at him and like and and what else and he makes the decision of like right. I'm announcing on TV that we're having a baby which is not just choosing to remain in that kid's life it is choosing to publicly perpetuate the the fantasy the narrative of their right everyone's now like in love with them as a couple because it's like he's innocent he's fully re-upping missing he, they, right. they're reunited now they're having a baby he's you reinvesting know. in the charade even if it's a new charade now um yeah. and what is what is marriage if not reinvesting in charades according to david fincher which i do think uh, is very da, funny. Da, 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 like, like da, truly da, da, da. like That's what like have we done line. to each other right. and fincher's like roll the credits get the fuck out of my theater yeah, yeah. <laughs> goodbye no here's what the do thing. you think of that <laughs> and america's like we like it yes Here's our and, everyone, and everyone's like rom com. Yeah, right, right. Here's the thing Couple I think we goals. should bring up. Yes, <laughs> this could be us, but you playing. Um, here's the thing I think we should bring up because we weirdly it's been an oversight in our episodes, but every movie from the game on, yeah, of Fincher's is produced by his wife. Yes, Sean Chafin. Mm -hmm who is not a very public figure, like, does not do a lot of interviews. She gets a lot of credit as the kind of, like, you know, if the Coens kind of had this relation, you know, where it's sort of like, yeah, they kind of just complete each other's sentences. They, like, Nolan and Emma Thomas, but no, Emma, Emma Thomas is Thomas. much more out there. Yep. Uh, certainly Snyder. Snyder and his Deborah. wife. Mm -hmm. um, uh, early uh, career Carpenter with Deborah Hill, yeah. you know? Like, a lot of people we've covered where it's a key part of, like, because I, I think someone I read to point out, it's interesting that not only does Fincher not have a single writing credit on any of his films, which makes him unique from any other director we've covered, but he also doesn't have a producer credit on any of his films. No, he which produce. most she does. directors who get to this level... Well, it's extra money. It's, it's extra yeah. money and, and it's, it's more control, control yeah. and all of that. And it does feel like, as you said, a, a little bit of a like Cohen thing where it's like, oh no, they're very collaborative right. on this. Like there's a symbiotic nature to right. the way she's the two the, of them build the movie. Exactly. She's the other side of a one-headed or two-headed one person, you know, like. I just find it very funny with this being his marriage movie where he's like making it like it, and here's my take on marriage and he has what seems to be from the outside an incredibly healthy, long-lasting, 
two decade plus. Yeah, certainly. Creative and business relationship with his Can wife. Can I say like, an insane thing? Please. Like, <laughs> it goes without saying that this is an unhealthy relationship. In Gone Girl. They're doing In great. Gone Girl. But there's, there is this weird meeting in the middle sort of philosophy behind it about marriage where yes. it's like you flip it and they're not two insane people and not two pieces of shit. And it's like, oh, these are two people meeting in the middle. Yes. And so there's this weird sort of like marriage is compromise. Yeah. Marriage is compromise. Which like I think it's, it's the it's bigger sort of point the, of this movie, not like, like marriage is a sham. Right. It's no, not no. Or quite as anti-marriage yeah. as you would think it is. It's more just like this heightened version of the compromise conversation. Uh, yes, yes. That's, and that's, that's I think exactly why people why yes. it has a sort of like weird, like, oh, I you know, a lot of people are like, I see Gone Girl as a rom com. Like, and I think sure. that's sort of Certain but that's sort say of it's their comfort food movie. I mean, romance, I, I think it is comedy. a comfort food yeah. movie. But like I think that's why, you know, the rom com thing, that's why it happens because it is two people who are meeting in the middle, which is like sort of what a lot of rom coms are about. Yes. Yeah. And I do think like that movie couldn't be made, this movie could not be made by someone who does not have a healthy marriage built on right. reasonable compromise. Like, there, there's a soberness to what you're saying that I think is the movie's take on it, heightened to extreme circumstances that are but unrealistic. psychos. Right. One but, more psycho than the other, and one just like a piece, of, one psycho, one piece of shit. They're both... They both they're both pretty wacky. They both flawed people. Yeah. I'm, gonna, flawed I'm just people. gonna say that. I'm gonna but she has killed more people than him. One. Yes. One to zero is a still And she's a little bit more significant. She's a little, she's a little more maniacal. He she's he's just a bumbling sort of fool. He's and he's she's maniacal. Um yeah. I wanna point out something. Uh Eric Messerschmidt, who has now become Fincher cinematographer, this film okay. shot by Cronenworth, uh -huh. I believe. Um uh is the gaffer on this movie. Uh he's in charge of Lighten. And uh, Messer Schmidt, you know, he shoots uh, Mindhunter Mank and the Killer. Mm -hmm. He also is now the DP on Michael Mann's Ferrari. Oh. And when I interviewed Michael Mann, which I just did. You just did. I asked Mike him about Drop. Messer Schmidt. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know why I like that guy? Because he was a gaffer. And to me, cinematography is all lighting and yeah. no one understands lighting anymore. Yeah. And then he started Lost talking art, about like sure. the kinds of lights he used on heat. And I had an orgasm. Or whatever. You know, he was like talking about lights and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm like going into a dream state. But I like that idea of Fincher, which I think is common for him. Yeah. Promoting from within. Yes. Like he usually. Especially yeah. with DPs. Yeah. Uh, did you interview man in person? I sure did. Where did he go? The Mandarin Oriental, of course. I mean, the I, didn't, Mandarin I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick it. That's a classic interview. Yeah, spot. I know. I know. Uh, the did, fucking... you, did you wear a black hat? <sighs> no. Did you? Don't know that I own a black hat. David? Did you order a mojito? <laughs> <laughs> at like one in the afternoon at the Mandarin. You just order it and then like don't say anything. Go like, yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, will you say it? Will you yeah, say it? I got mint all over my... Uh, no, no, I ordered a green tea and Michael Mann went... So, oh God, you're so close to mojito. In it's LA. true, it's green. And Michael Mann got uh, chicken and corn and had a long conversation with the waiter over like, what is this? And the waiter was like, it's polenta, but also corn. And man was like, okay. And he ate it. It looked wow. pretty good. Wow. 
Mandarin Oriental, for people who don't know, is a very luxury hotel and like overlooks Central Park. It's this very like gorgeous More vista. like the Michael Mandarin Oriental. That's a good point. And I should have said that to him. I and he probably would have said, said that huh? two seconds ago and everyone ignored me. Okay, credit to Esther. Well, we're talking about Michael Mann, so women should not be heard. Sorry. I, well, I didn't say Michael Mann. I said Mandarin Oriental. Oh, you didn't hit oh. it hard enough. I didn't right, hit it right, hard right, enough right, and right, everyone right, ignored right. me. Um, no, I would never ignore you, Esther. Um, but wait, wait. Oh, yeah, Messer Schmidt. Right. I just like, you know, yeah, right. He's 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 getting his work done on Gone yeah. Girl. Yeah. Uh no, it's it remains bizarre to me for how big of a hit this movie was and how much it was critically well regarded that it gets the one Oscar nomination and nothing else. It, the, the, the screenplay, the screenplay is the one that is surprising, yeah. galling. Yeah. But even aside from the supporting noms that we all argued it should have gotten that I kind of get being overlooked. It's weird that it doesn't get cinematography or editing or score. Like, I'd expect at least one of those. Well, there was a lot of really good movies that needed attention that year. Birdman. You know, American Sniper. The Imitation Game. The Theory of Everything. This is cinema! If the editing were to Birdman, that movie has no cuts in it. That movie is one honest take. That didn't get a. It didn't get a. a it didn't. Nom, no. Oh, thank no. fucking god. The edit, editing went to Whiplash. Okay, that's a good. Uh, one. Those noms are American Sniper or whatever. You know, it's probably you know it's a well constructed war this movie. This is the year that Boyhood, Budapest, should have Budapest, and then the Imitation Game, which is so well edited. Yeah, Imitation Game and uh, Theory of Everything being in the same year it, is offensive. I will same. tolerate one. Yeah. Miramaxian project for right. Oscar year. Not two. Right, because like, one of those is like a sneaky focus or a searchlight or something. <laughs> they both feel like they should be I Weinstein. Uh, Invitation Game is Weinstein, obviously, because yeah, like, right, Harvey I, I was believe, like... I think Theory is focused. Yes, focused. Harvey was having like, you know, congressional hearings about how good Alan Turing was or whatever bullshit he would yeah. pull, right? God. Um, Honor the man. Yeah, that right. That's Turing. That's, yeah, that's, that's invitation. Right. Honor the man. Honor the man. Right, the Oscar will go to his grave. It's such a weird Oscar year. Foxcatcher doesn't get the best picture nom, but does get the best director nom. Right. You know, there's like, there's stuff like that where you're like, that was made for the Oscars and they didn't even totally bite. Right. Stuff like American Sniper kind of comes out of nowhere and then they kind of have to pay attention to it. Yeah. And Gone Girl, like you said, is a big tittied hit. (laughs) Well received. Thank you. And like much adventure, people are like, yeah, slick, fun exercise. Can we call it it a big hog tit? Uh, On this one, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but also, he's coming off like an Oscar heater. Like he is, he is. But I, I, Dragon even, Tattoo kind of got the same treatment. It got more noms. It got far more. Noms. It got more noms. But it's the same thing of yes. like, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, though, you're just a stylist, aren't you? Anyway, yes. we're gonna hand it it's to also something like, really sort of subtle, like too Birdman. Fun. It's too fun. Yes. And like both, too, too too trashy. Too, too trashy. trashy. Yeah. Again, well, Birdman. Both, and both true. of those are like based on you know sort of novels that are sort of dismissed as pulp. Yes. That, which is how he got big budgets to make them. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Birdman was based on what if there was a Birdman? Yeah. Birdman. Should I watch Birdman again? No. No. Um, more like yeah, this movie. More like what? I liked Birdman. Again. I remember you liked it. You you know, we we filed out a Magno possibly together. Maybe not. No, I didn't know because I saw it at Lincoln Square AMC during a New York film mm, I saw festival. it at Magno. Wow. The best place to see a movie. The terrible place to see a movie. This movie is a fat hogged hit. Yep. Feels like Finch is on a roll. Mm-hmm. You're like, great. He's fucking figured out his space within the studio system. Keep making these, Finchy. He's like, well. <laughs> and then on the horizon, you know, Mindhunter, yes, he works mm-hmm. with Netflix. He does, you know, but on the horizon, there's a whisper. Hank. Hank. 
But that's also Netflix saying like, what do you want to make? But, right. What's the thing that no one else will let you make? Um, when he is in talks to do World what War Z What else will they not let you make? Mank. They let him be Mank in a way that no one had up until that point. Mank. Um, when he's in talks ben, to do... do you want to say Mank? Mank. Thank you. When he's in talks to do World War Z, do pretty shortly after this, and the response from most people is, why the fuck would Fincher do a World War Z sequel? The answer was, he can't get shit made anymore. They won't make his Fincher movies. He needs to find a thing that's already in the pipeline that's closer to what he wants. And the system he had had of pick up a good best-selling book with adult themes and use that as your way to Trojan Horse in. It's like, you got to find a $200 million franchise movie. You're not getting the green light. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Or maybe a movie about like a Birdman or something. Let's do the box office game. October 4th, October 3rd, 2014. You said it's a bad weekend. No, it's just a weird weekend. Oh, okay. Gone Girl's opening number one. Two. $37.5 million. Healthy. Healthy. Making 167 domestic, 367 worldwide. I mean, that's a big fucking multiplier too. Mm Mm-hmm. Hot Yom Kippur weekend. Tip. Yeah, it's the kind of multiplier you look down at twice in the shower. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, oh. Number two, that length also, and girth. Exactly. Number two, also opening this week. Okay, made thirty seven point one million dollars. Wow, two movies opening to the same amount of money. Okay. Essentially, so it had to be counter programming. Um, sort of. It's a horror film. It's, it's in the horror space. Is it uh, a sequel? No, no. It's an original horror film. Well, let's not go crazy. It's, this character had appeared in another horror film, and now. She's getting her own okay. runway. So this is the first Annabelle? Annabelle is here. She's sitting her way to the top of the box <laughs> office charts. You won't believe the places this doll will be inexplicably found I over the course of an hour and a half. This character's now appeared in four movies. Now, Annabelle's opening to the same amount of money, by the way, makes 84 domestic. Yeah. To give you a sense yes, of its right. lack of Gone legs. Girl's double. Her legs, very stubborn. She's got tiny little legs. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't move. <laughs> This is my point. I find it fascinating that Annabelle is such a horror icon and most people still don't realize the doll never like She's comes not a to Chucky. Life. She's not a she Chucky. She never Chuckies. The thing is always someone walks into her room and goes like, huh, and she's sitting on a chair. <laughs> but what does she do? They have rung three movies out of that scare, my yes. friend. <laughs> like, but what is she? Fuck, how'd she get in the bathtub? Then like shit will go wrong. Other shit happens. Bad but, shit like, happens. She never moves. She never talks. Uh-huh. She literally just pops up sitting in different places and then, like, someone dies. But, wow. like, Annabelle has no physical agency. Um. Well, she's got box office agency, my friend. Ding, ding, ding. Is she a big-ass hit? Yes. Number three, obviously, she's in The Conjuring. I'm testing out some alternatives. I like big-ass hit. Yeah. It's just so funny that The Conjuring is like, here's a movie about the people who actually investigated the Amityville Hard. And you're like, oh, is it about them going to Amityville? No. no. It's about them going to a different haunted house. Oh, okay. And Annabelle's part of that? No. no. That's a th- another thing that happens in the movie briefly. Annabelle's like, <laughs> like kind of cold you're like, open. And also, you're like, oh, so is this movie a mess? No, it's tightly wound. It's beautifully constructed. <laughs> yeah. Every performance is great. Kinda and it's like the best horror modern of the decade. Studio yes. horror. Yes. Um, no, Annabelle's like the cold open that, like, that yeah. doesn't really go anywhere. Um, and, and it's this incredibly creepy looking doll, right? In real life, it was a fucking raggedy it's Ann just doll. a raggedy Ann. And it's it literally in a glass box shelf. and it's like, don't go near that fucking thing. Raggedy Ann doll. And they're like, that doll's got bad vibes. Truly. 
And then in, in and they we, made we, the we movie. I believe we talk about this on an episode long ago, but yes, it's so funny that they're like, should we just use a raggedy doll? No, no it's gonna adult looks like a melted me? candle. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, number three at the box office. Griffin, you yeah. watched it recently. It's I a franchise it starter. It's a franchise starter. Is it the equalizer? The equalizer. <laughs> ding ding ding. In its second week. My man. Pretty fun movie. It rules. Antoine Fuqua's The Equalizer. Yes. I love those films. I'm all in. I'm equal pilled. Well, my big thing right now is, mm -hmm. as I believe I've said online, The Equalizer 1 made $101 million domestically. Yes. Equalizer 2 made $102 million domestically. Equalizer 3 is at 91. It's, I need it to get to 103. They need to do badly a re-release with bonus material. They need <laughs> yes, something anything. to juice it up. Denzel will give you a hug and a soda. I yes. don't care. Get people in. They also all three opened within one million of each yeah, other. It's, it's, uh, opening it, everything weekend. looked good. I mean, yeah. and it's done fine, but I just, just need it no, to get I to need, 103. I, I need it. No. Um, you haven't seen it yet, have you? I have not seen three. I've seen oh, one and two. Well, you know what? It looks like you're the fucking problem. I kind of am. March your ass out to a theater. <laughs> and buy a row. Yes. <laughs> buy the whole screening. Number four. The, have you seen The Equalizer, Esther? I've never seen They're The Equalizer. so good, Esther. It's quite fun. He equalizes people. The first half hour of the movie is him trying to equalize one of his coworkers yes. by helping him lose weight. Well, this is My what's parents nice. love The Equalizer TV show. Well, that's true. Starring Queen Latifah. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Uh, there's also the old one. Yeah. No, but they uh, love the new one. I'm waiting for them to team up. Number four at the box office. Animated McCall film. And Robin McCall. A good animated film. It's a good animated film. In the year 2014. It made 50 domestic. Huh. A mild hit. It's not Kubo. New. But. It is a Leica. Yes. Is a Box Trolls? The Box Trolls. Good movies. Charming movie. Box yeah. Kind of scary. I mean, there's all, the guy who eats the cheese and yeah. his face sort of puffs up. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, I, fucking uh, uh, Ben Kingsley in one of the all time great voice performances in any animated film. Is that cheese guy? Yes. I haven't He's seen the it evil the cheese guy. It's good. Uh, but I remember liking it. Uh, number yeah. five at the box office um, a franchise starter. Mm -hmm. um, YA. YA franchise starter. What genre? And you said YA, but YA masked up with YA sci-fi. Yeah. It's not Divergent. No. It's the first Maze Runner? The Maze Runner. They ran that maze. I'll never get out of the maze. Oh, in fact, there's in a way in out. In fact, the Scorched Trials await. Yes. And then the death cure. your cure will be uh, given to you. Yes. The Maze Runner, a very healthy hit. Yeah. 102 mm -hmm. at the box office. Not a bad movie. Wes Ball, the never seen director them. of action. Yeah. Yeah. I think Scorch is the best, but I yeah. think the first two are good and the third's a little disappointing. Because you were kind of like, hell yeah. yeah. You know, this is fun. Also the Scorch. No, well, the Scorch, Scorch is the best one, obviously, yeah. when they Scorch He's, the hell He did the new Planet of the Apes. Which we will see next year, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, uh, number six, Left Behind, the uh, uh, Nicolas Cage uh, faith-based oh, wow. movie. That movie is uh, bad, what? actually. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yes. Oh, no. It is not good. Uh, number f it's better than the fucking Kirk Cameron one, but it is sure. not good. Uh, number seven, this is where I leave you. I mean, isn't it a lot of Nick Cage in like a cockpit going like, what's going on? 
on? Yes. <laughs> like, people are disappearing? Like, you know, it's a lot of that. Am I right? wrong in thinking that Chad Michael Murray is his co-pilot? That sounds about right. This is where I leave you. Is that the that's one That's the with... one where no one's Jewish. That's yes. the one that I... <laughs> Everyone in the film I is Jewish. I bring up so often on this podcast. It's a Jewish family sitting You're shiva. Correct, Chad I Michael know, it's Jane Fonda, Jason Bateman, Tina Fey. Corey Adam Stahl, Driver. Adam Driver yeah. are the kids. It was directed by Sean Levy, though. Yes. So... You know, we're there. Our people are there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, number eight. We all were waiting for it. And finally, we got it. The most anticipated sequel of 2014, Dolphin Tale 2. Oh, wow. Uh, num clip. Number nine of the box office. A pretty enjoyable film from a sort of forgotten franchise. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Uh, wow, that's on a that was August, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. I, Good movie. Yeah. David, we were working together when Guardians came out. Yes. Because Courtney would only let you go see you it. You were so mad that I was the only person allowed to see it. I remember very well. What you in terms of the screening or in terms of letting you leave work? To I go got in, no. I got invited, and Esther didn't, and Esther was rude. And they about and it. said only one person from the Atlantic Wire could That's come. Fucking rude. There was often a lot of. You should have gone, girl. To her. A lot of look. Well, I love you, Courtney. If you're listening, uh, never, never be mad at me. Number ten at the box office. <laughs> no good deed. What's that? Oh, that's the uh, Gosling is Robert Durst. Oh no, that's Idris no. Elba. Idris uh, Elba no and Taraji. Yeah. Right. What's what's Gosling is Robert Durst? That's called all good things. Okay, all right. It's the opposite. <laughs> Give me a break. That movie's all about good things. Yeah, no good deed is Idris and Taraji, and yeah. he's the bad, bad. Uh, he's the ex-husband from hell, or right. Something. But that was a kind of quietly fucking robust hit. Yeah, it made 52. Yeah. Know, did okay. What is he her husband? Or is he just like the guy who broke out of jail from hell? I think he's the ex from hell. Yeah, it's the parolee. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I should watch yeah. it. Sam yeah. Miller directed it. Mm. He's a Luther guy. Okay. Yeah, he does TV. Okay. Luther. 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 Gone Girl. Esther, any f final thoughts? Great movie. Five stars. Just, uh, yeah. even I was guilty of it. When I saw it, I was like, this rocks. Yeah. But I probably like, you know, took a minute for me to be like, I should stop like having any caveats about it as like trashy or fun or so. like, this is one of the so great good. films yeah. of the I year. I was yeah. all in. I yeah. was like, I was all in. I was so drum. excited. Yeah. Top tier entertainment. It was such a weird year. Yeah. Do you like it? I love it. It's one of my favorites. Ben? Love it. Yeah? Pro? Big time. You haven't said much in this episode. You got any hot takes? Yeah, I'm sorry, Ben. That's okay. I think this is a great beach house movie. Mm. Mm. Right? You, you rent a beach house. Fucking fine. They always got kind of like a couple of I just random. Knew there was something we needed to get <laughs> so out of Anytime you throw the ball in, <laughs> there's a couple of random DVDs, and this yeah. feels like a quintessential. So true. Yeah. You're right? excited that they have this one in their yeah. collection. Yes. You're like, of course they do, because everyone likes Gone right. Girl. Let's watch it. And you're like, and this is the exact mood I'm in right now. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. It's a rainy day. Can't go to the beach. What should I do? Ben's so smart. But next week is the even better beach house movie everyone can agree on. Mank. Mank. Yeah. Get to the beach house. Everyone's like, what? Should we watch it? I'm like, don't worry, guys. And I pull Mank out. <laughs> I know there's no physical copy of Mank available. Yeah. <laughs> just, or I'm scrolling you, you, on Netflix and I'm like, hang on. Who's that over there? Is that... And then somebody in the corner goes, ah, oh, nurse. Do I smell alcohol and regret? <laughs> when you when you select Mank on Netflix. It should go Mank. <laughs> no, before the movie plays. <laughs> no, it should go nurse. It should go nurse. No, before nurse. the movie plays, you should be like pushing the button at no effect. And then you should just hear Gary Oldman go like, just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I just gotta finish up this drink here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it should take forty-five uh, minutes for me to start playing. Uh, yeah, I, I think sure we did. Just yeah, okay. There's all these <laughs> sure fucking episodes did. of three hours. Esther, thank you for being I here. I almost, <laughs> I almost <laughs> felt the need Blow to apologize for the Zodiac episode. You before. did. You fucking. I was apologized like, guys, I'm really sorry. I'll read it like a maniac. Three hours. You did apologize. I know. What's the matter with me? You should not have done that. Do you know that. what happened? Okay, I have what? to say this office just makes you feel crazy. Yes, it does. The lack of windows. I yes. feel insane. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's that I in quit a good Twitter. Way. Yeah. It's that yeah. I quit Twitter. <laughs> oh, so now you're on the Reddit more? I, I think it's making me look at other apps more. And mm. so now, so maybe I got to quit Reddit. Maybe it's just, you know, I keep quitting. My friend, this Until is... I'm like all in on like, you know, playing one of those games where you got to rescue the king from the it's burning house. Blitz. It's whatever. right there. It's the key to a balanced brain. Fucking failed to get Long John from the Treasure Planet event. It's oh, annoying. It'll so probably be a year before he comes around again in a diamond box. It sucks. Next week, Mank. Esther, thank you. Uh, Esther, Mank, thank you. Thank you very Manc, much. You very much Esther. You would have been great on Mank, but our guest for that one is Sean Fantasy. Yes. Um, and, uh, America's uh, yeah. number one Mank defender. Absolutely. I am also a Mank defender. Yeah, we, I, we all know the pro truth. Man. It sounds like you maybe should have taken my seat on the episode. <laughs> You're not. You're not. <laughs> you're mid on Mank. Yeah. Mid right. You're, Mank. you're not that. You're not a hater, but you're pretty mid on. I'm Mank. pretty mid on Mank. Yeah. yeah. Mank. I, I, I. Yeah. I was trying to like mid on Mank. Pro saying Mank. I love saying. <laughs> saying Mank is one of the best things. Yeah. On the planet. Uh, but tune in for that next week. Esther, anything you want to plug? Um, I'll yeah, have a book coming out. I have a, a book that's available. It's called Beyond the Best Dressed. Uh, you can get it at the Academy Museum if you're so inclined yeah. or from anywhere else, but that's pretty cool. Um, What's your main qualification in being asked to be part of the Congratulations uh, New York Fashion Week runway show? Right, which was a true honor. Um, and genuinely. And oh, uh, I, 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 I will have another book coming out next year on rom -coms. Hell yeah. Um, but that won't be coming. You're gonna, you're honestly, it got pushed, so you guys are gonna have to have me back on. Yeah, Good, you have to have me back on. Uh oh. Okay. Uh oh. Too bad. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening. Well, we should. What? What? Quickly, ben? Very what? quickly at the what? end here, just I'll say the link to get Esther's book will be in the description. Thank you. We also, though, should mention that we are going to, in fact, release a Mindhunter episode. Oh, it's happening? It is indeed happening. <gasps> I just got confirmation this from news one. to me. News to me as well. Marie, Barty, Party, Barty. Okay, so should we just say this? Dave and I really didn't want to do this episode. No. I, we just, I think you all know it. We don't like covering TV. It's I a love, pain to in be the clear, ass. I love Mindhunter. Yes. I, I'm a fan of that. Right. Um, but it, covering TV within our format is incredibly annoying, and the work just like multiplies exponentially. And then it's hard to cover within an episode and people get even angrier than usual about us not mentioning certain things, which is uh, just impossible with the volume of TV. And with Mindhunter, it's like two full seasons. Most of the TV we've ever done has been one season or a limited series. This is two full seasons. It's a lot of episodes and he didn't direct all of them. And we were just fucking feeling very frustrated figuring out any reasonable way to cover it. I also was deep in watching 8 million lawyer movies for a big picture draft episode, and I did not want to take on also trying to get through two seasons of Mindhunter. So Marie is going to do the episode. Yes. So uh, all I can really share as far as details is that um, we will be putting out 
at least one, if not one of some, you know, many more, right? Again, I'm trying to be somewhat vague here, yes. but expect on our Patreon, November 16th, we will uh, have a Mindhunter okay. episode featuring Marie, myself, potentially some guests. Okay. This is, again, sort of News a thing. To us. Yeah. This is a Love thing it. that all sort of just came together. And it's going to publish off cycle. Like, literally, it's yeah. just going to publish right. for the publish. No, I, I mean, you'll I, get like extra I said, value you'll, this month. You'll get it. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It'll come right. out on a Thursday, sort of. Uh, Five days after our Empty Man episode. That's the thing. David and I didn't want to do it. We wanted to do Empty Man instead, since that's prior getting to cash a little bit of the Fincher check. Yeah. Um, and Marie got angry at the notion of us skipping Mindhunter, as I think most of our listeners would have gotten if we didn't do it. So we said, if you want to do it, by all means, we give you the space to make an episode or perhaps even more. But that's good announcement. Good. Good. Okay. All right. Now do your thing. Yeah, Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty, host of the upcoming Mindhunter episode for our social media and helping to produce the show. Thank you to Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork, Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song, AJ McKee and Alex Barron for our editing, JJ Birch for our research. I'm glad he mentioned that Ben Affleck shows Hog in the movie. I would have missed it if he hadn't put it in the dossier. Tune in next week for Mank with Sean Fennessy. You can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit, including our Patreon, Blank Check Special Features, where you can hear the aforementioned Empty Man and Mindhunter episodes coming up. And as always, Gone Girl's a fat hog tip. Could I get one more time? Because it sounded like you said fat hog tip. Great. Okay. I, I'll give you one more if you keep in. Gone Girl is a fat hogged hit. Great. Perfect. <laughs>